1: All the Galaxies, all for you. IPC Assemble! Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast, also known as as the IPC, and we're broadcasting live right here on channel 1138.com, but also coming to you through the power of iTunes and Google Play, and, well, however you want to listen to this show. We don't care. As long as you're here, you're listening, whether it's live, whether it's in the future via favorite podcatcher, we are delighted that you're here, and uh, we've got a momentous week upon us. Perhaps by the time you're listening to this, it will already have been upon us because... The Endgame is here. Yes, Avengers Endgame is upon us. And uh, no, we're not going to be talking about that tonight. We, Because we have not seen it yet, alright? We just haven't. Um, some of you have, and we will soon. But for right now, we're going to be breaking down the entirety of the MCU. Going to try to break it down... And talk about what has been with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And in the lead up to Avengers Endgame, we're going to be d- discussing all of that and more. But before we do that, of course, introductions are in order. If you are new to the program or you just have no idea what's going on, and forgot who we are. My name is Ben, and joining me, it is my fellow podcasting Avenger, Mr. Zach Arnold. How's it going, man?
0: I, it's going great, man. The closer we get to this movie, the more excited I get and i'm not just saying that because of the early red carpet reviews and things mm-hmm. like that it's just something that we have been waiting on since basically 2008 and yep. and to finally have that 20 like like 20 movies later 10 years later 11 years now actually yeah. To have all of that finally reach its culmination is very, very exciting. And, you know, by the time this broadcasts, I imagine I may have seen it, you know, like by the time this reaches iTunes and Google Play and stuff, I'll probably seen it at, have seen it at least once, but I don't want to spoil anything, you know? No. And And I don't want to, like, give anything away. And we've got friends who are seeing it over the weekend and things like that. And believe you me, there's going to be plenty of discussion. There's going to be plenty of discussion. I think we've got actually two different weeks scheduled for like a roundtable and just a movie synopsis, like the regular discussions that we have. There's going to be plenty of talk about Endgame on this podcast. But when we were talking about what to do for this week's episode, we actually just polled the people in the Peacekeeper Corps our Facebook group on online and said, what should we talk about? Because we kind of had like an open week here and we were like, I don't know. What should we cover? And our friend Joey Mays, who's a patron of the program basically just said everything. (laughs) And so we're taking that challenge and we're accepting it. Joe Mays. As difficult as that may be, because everything from Iron Man in May of two thousand eight to Ant Man and the Wasp of what was that July, July of last year,
1: uh, yeah, yeah, that was yeah, not long after uh, uh, Captain Marvel, Ant-Man. yeah, Captain I mean, Marvel two,
0: and Captain Marvel from March, like that's all fair game, uh, in tonight's discussion. And then we may or may not try and rank some of our favorites towards the tail end of the program, so you might get like a little impromptu top five as well if you stick with it all the way to the end, but no promises. We gotta leave you hanging on the edge of your seat just a little bit here, because it's over 20 movies to talk about. I don't think in the history of this show, over 230 episodes of the IPC podcast I don't think we've ever tried to touch base on twenty plus movies in one podcast episode. This is a serious undertaking.
1: I'm telling you, it's it's insane, and and it's funny. We we have done like long form, like discussion topics, like we've done Harry Potter and all these kind of stuff, and we're currently in the middle of a massive Star Wars arc because. On top of everything else, it's the end of the Skywalker saga this year, and with episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker, so, you know, we're doing that, so this is kind of like a miniaturized version of that, we're going to try to cover as many of these as possible, talk about them, because it's funny how some of them we have discussed with length, especially any of the MC movies that have been released since we started this show. But there's a lot before we started the show that we really haven't covered that much. And I would love to cover them in length at some point in the future. But for right now, we're just kind of, uh, you know, take a look back. You know, maybe rank them a bit. You know, give our brief thoughts on them. Because, you know, it's a lot. Like, it's, it's amazing. This started way back, Iron Man, May 2nd, 2008. Feels like a long time ago, but it really wasn't. It's only 11 years ago. And they've released you know, 20 plus movies since then, and have many, 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 many more on the on the docket to possibly release within the next few years too, so it's crazy the way this universe has developed, you know, it really is unprecedented, yes, we've had plenty of different franchises, Star Wars has been doing it for 40 years, like, you know, you can't, you know, think, but like, with the MCU, it's like this starting and, and telling this one huge story f- through all these films has been really, really, really impressive.
0: I don't think I could have put it any better. Uh, it's, it's just one of those series that you know is going to be put into the annals of cinematic history. It, it, it's yeah. one of these ones where you, you look at everything that has transpired from 2008 all the way up to now – the longevity of the characters, the development, the new adventures, the new technology. I mean, let's be honest. CGI has advanced a lot in the last decade.
1: Oh, yeah. Look at look at the Incredible Hulk in the Incredible Hulk versus how he looks in Infinity War. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's oh, come a long yeah. way. It's come a long way. <laughs>
0: Oh, very, very much so. I wasn't trying to touch on that like specifically, but you went there, so I'll I'll follow your lead. We're gonna That's... go to
1: all the places tonight. I'm sorry, we're just our
0: We literally are. We literally are, and I don't feel like we should waste any time either. I no, mean No, no we've got There's Let's...
1: really there's really not much news to cover other than like especially novel news. Like <laughs> like that endgame is like destroying all the box offices right now. The last bit of news that I heard was that there's some AMC theaters are going to be running around the clock, like, not closing at night, just so they can get everyone in the theater to watch Endgame, which is madness. Wow. Madness. Like, the fact that you're going to, people are going to be going in, like, 4 in the morning to an AMC theater to watch this movie just because there's no other time to watch it is insane.
0: I, I don't even know if I have the words for that, honestly. <laughs> Like
1: I want to see this movie, but not that bad. Like, well, I'll I mean, wait I, until I kinda an evening. I kind of do.
0: I mean, if I'm being totally honest, I, I kind of do want to see it that badly. But, like, if it had a 4
1: a.m. showing tomorrow, I might go. Not- I, t- t- tomorrow would be. Okay. F- f- for the record here, we were recording on Tuesday, all right? The movie doesn't release until Thursday night. In the so, U.S., yeah. In the U.S., so I think other places in the world it may have already released, which yeah. I should say. Which is um, not um, fair. Our, our, good, our friend Dan Grievous, who is going to be. He was in Bulgaria. He's going to be seeing it tonight, I believe. Um, or, or tonight for him, tomorrow for us. Um, Yeah, yeah. I am super envious. So if I had the chance, maybe. <laughs> But um, oh man, it's Pete, This movie is gonna break some box office records if that wasn't already apparent.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I mean, so here's here's the deal. Talking about the box office, I'm curious what the numbers are gonna look like when all of this is said and done, considering yep. considering what Infinity War accomplished, and considering. How much of the story Endgame is supposed to be wrapping up and solidifying for us, considering what a worldwide phenomenon the Avengers have become? Like, I don't, I don't mean to compare, but the Justice League ain't got nothing on the Avengers right now. No, they no, ju- they just don't. Not. It's a fact of life. It's not trying to create a rivalry. It is a fact. It is a cinematic fact that the Avengers are the top superheroes in the movie industry right now they're probably some of the top dogs in the movie industry period even if you're not like a superhero action movie fan per se you have heard other people in the movie industry you have heard other people in pop culture discussing the avengers yeah it's it's just part of the culture now people people make people make references and then people use captain america to say i understood that reference
1: Exactly. Well, it's like it really has and as a massive Star Wars fan, I can honestly say Marvel has got to Star Wars level. Like I think it in some ways it's surpassed it in the just the amount of pop culture, in the amount that like it's gonna be interesting later this year, like to see how Endgame stacks up with the box office and how episode nine stacks up. And even as a Star Wars fan who I think like Rise of Skywalker is going to be amazing. Like I'm going to see it like way more times than Endgame. I'm not. I'm honestly curious to see like which movie is going to come out on top because I think there's a very good chance Endgame could totally steal the show. And you know, it's going to It's just like wondering how big it's going to be. Like, is it going to be? You know, we know it's going to be big, but like how big? And I don't know. It's it's going to be really really interesting because you know, Infinity War was big, but big would like. You know this, I think, is really we know it all. Hand it all comes down to here. This is it, Our, the MCU, and it's going to be you know kind of a clean slate after this, and people are going to want to see this one.
0: Clean slate ish. We've we've heard some conflicting reports that Far From Home is actually going to be the movie that closes out this phase of movies, which I thought Endgame was going to be the closing phase. But I, I I hope it's a clean slate because I would like to see that kind of moving forward, but mm-hmm. a lot of that is still just kind of up in the air, so I well, it'll
1: be it'll be a clean slate in in the sense that I think it'll be a good, if you've, for like Avengers 1 to now, this is that story coming to a close, and they're calling yeah. this all the films leading up to Endgame, the Infinity Saga, and talking about the Infinity Zones, Thanos, they've, I mean, ever since, you know, Avengers 1, they've been setting all this up. I think it's going to be a closure for that, but still a setup for the next phase of Marvel films, and who knows how long it'll be until we get another big event like this that ultimately is starting up, and who knows who be, who's the villain's going to be, who what the Avengers lineup's going to be, like, I don't know.
0: I couldn't say. I couldn't say, and I really don't want to um, speculate on that too much, at least not tonight, uh tonight is more of a retrospective if you will uh, right. t- tonight is is a tribute to this infinity saga because of everything that it has helped kind of get us to this point you know even right. even the incredible hulk as as it, much as it, it
1: all counts like, as much you... as
0: that pains me to say it even the incredible hulk is part of this uh this Marvel Cinematic Universe and is going to be discussed tonight. What I'm curious about is if we've got 20-ish movies to talk about, how are we going to get all this done in one podcast?
1: Um, Are we going to have to
0: dedicate like 3-5 to minutes per movie and just like jump, 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 go from one to the next? Because I'm a little overwhelmed right now.
1: (laughs) I have a feeling there's, there's certain ones that we won't spend too much time on. I'll just be like, yeah, seen that one, eh, let's move on. <laughs> I'm curious. I don't, I'm not saying which one that is going to be, but, you know, whatever.
0: I'm, I'm really curious which one your eh ones are. I know which ones mine are.
1: Look, as big of an MCU nut as I am, like there's a there's there's a there's a lot of these that I've only seen like once or twice, and I really have no, no interest in seeing them again. But that's neither here nor there, Iron Man. May 2nd, 2008. Mm -hmm. The very beginning of this whole MCU thing. And it really, like... I remember when this movie came out, but it wasn't... I don't think anybody really realized, like, if this is going to be, like, this is it. Because, like, think of how many cinematic universes have been started and never came to be. Like, them saying, oh, we're starting up a Marvel Cinematic Universe. No one actually paid attention to that. Like, it wasn't until... You know, you start seeing Iron Man and other things, and you start getting these other movies that are actually referencing each other. But Iron Man on its own, I think, is great because it totally works on its own. It's totally a great movie just by itself, and it still lays the foundation for this grander universe.
0: No, I I agree, because without the success of Iron Man on its own, you don't have all these other movies. Right. You really don't. Like, if it didn't have the box office that it did, if it didn't have the popularity that it did, then there's no call for Feige and the rest of Marvel to try and create everything else after it. You do, like, one or two others, and you're like, okay, this is the trilogy or whatever, and then you start working on something else. But no, this was the one that laid the foundation for literally a decade of ensuing movies, and that's just unprecedented. It's it's crazy. It's ridiculous. It's unprecedented, and frankly, it's pretty amazing.
1: It is. It's just what they did with this, and you know, now you've got John Favreau working on The Mandalorian, which we just talked about last week, and all this kind of stuff. Like he, I don't think he, he still doesn't get enough credit for like what he did with this movie and what they were laying the groundwork for, and still like. They were really taking their time. I think that's the, I don't want to keep bashing DC tonight, but I think one of the things (laughs) that DC, I think, got wrong with a lot of their stuff is the fact that they went, they were too heavy-handed with the connections and trying so hard. I think Marvel did this right because it started small, started with just Iron Man, just one person, one hero that really wasn't even an A-list hero was Iron Man, I don't think back in the day, was really that big of a deal in the Marvel comic universe but taking that character and go we're going to you know cast Robert Downey Jr was which is crazy to think right now but wasn't a you know huge star back in the day but you know getting him on board with this and creating this lovable hero I think it, it I think it just they did it so right I think starting small starting with just Iron Man and then working your way up and then you have that end scene with Nick Fury showing up you know establishing hey there's a bigger universe here. Stuff's happening. Um, and, you know, further films, you know, it just starts to become more and more clear.
0: Well, it, it, it does, but it also takes a while. Yep. It, it really does. If, if we're being honest, going from Iron Man to The Incredible Hulk, mm-hmm. that movie could have – it did not – but it very well could have killed the franchise.
1: It, it, it could have because, I think, I think, yeah, it had some problems, obviously, and it it's definitely seems like the odd one out out of all of them because of the the fact that Edward Norton is the Hulk, and you never see him again, and most of the characters in this movie you never see again, except for General Ross, who does show up in Civil War way back in the day. And you do have that one, you know, Tony Stark cameo at the end, but other than that, it feels very isolated. And I think, I think Marvel Studios at this point was committed to doing this, no matter what. I think they were committed to keeping this going, even though, Incredible. I don't know what it made money-wise, I don't know what it made critically. I know I've only seen it once or twice, I, again, it's one of these that I, I really have no interest to watch it again. Like, it's it's one of those MCU movies that's just kind of meh for me. Um, I think that is the case for a lot of people. But, like, they took this in stride. They were just, they did this, it kind of worked, it kind of didn't, but they kept going with this. And they already had, I'm sure, other films in production and whatever to keep this going, but I think... You know, the fact that they didn't and let Incredible Hulk kind of drag it down they just go, okay, you know that didn't work. let's keep going.
0: Yeah the, I, taking it in stride is probably the nicest way to put it <laughs> uh, you're, 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 you're being a lot nicer to the Incredible Hulk than than I am.
1: Well be not nice to it go ahead.
0: <laughs> uh, it sucked. I've seen it once and I don't care to see it again. It is one of the very few movies that I don't have. In my extensive DVD collection. I I did a, a check of my movie library. To see which MCU movies I did have. I've got 18 of the 21, 22. That we're talking about right now. Wow. And Captain Marvel isn't available on disc yet. So you know. There's there's a couple that I don't own. But for the most part. I've got just about everything in the MCU. If you want like an epic mcu marathon i'm your guy okay but i'm not gonna subject you to the incredible hulk you can have him show up in the avengers and it'll still make perfect sense in everything the the entire context still makes sense
1: yeah i would be like because like i would love to show the mcu to people that aren't like special people in my family or whatever that aren't like up to speed on what's going on I would feel really weird showing them this movie because I feel like it would confuse them more than anything being that you have Edward Norton
0: dude it still whole. confuses me yeah like it, I'm, I'm somebody that's super ingrained in this and the storyline and the acting the portrayal like there's very little about it that fits within the context of the rest of the MCU I just I don't care for it I it's, really yeah,
1: don't. The, especially, as I said earlier, that Hulk does not age well. No, at all it does no, not look good. It, it like, does not. Like talking about continuity, like that Hulk doesn't look anything. Like just design wise, looks nothing like the Hulk we have today. Like once you get to the Avengers, there was kind. Of, I mean, yeah, CGI improves whatever. But like, they were trying to like keep it together as far as continuity wise incredible hulk is just way out in left field with like the design wise. I don't know. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19,
0: 20, 21. That explains it. What? I'm st- I'm still trying to uh to to rank these movies as best I can.
1: Oh, you're doing that. Okay.
0: I'm I'm doing I'm doing a ranking. Yes. And apparently I double counted something.
1: <laughs> oh no.
0: And so now all my numbers are messed up. And I'm like, okay, where's the discrepancy here? Because I've got like a blank space and I'm not Taylor Swift.
1: <laughs> but I'm um,
0: sorry, I couldn't help it.
1: Yeah, I hear you. Okay, so l- let's go on to another one. Yeah. The next one. And it's just now dawning on me how great this universe started with Iron Man. And then it took a dive <laughs> with Incredible Hulk, and it didn't come up much from Iron Man 2, in my personal opinion.
0: Well, your personal opinion sucks, Mr. Hart. Oh, R. really?
1: Oh, really? You love Iron Man 2, all right?
0: I am in the very tiny camp that actually really enjoyed Iron Man 2.
1: I enjoy, like, the first ten minutes of Iron Man 2. I and enjoyed after like, it, it's all. a snore fest.
0: I enjoyed, like, all of Iron Man 2. It's the first time that you see his suit being able to come out of something that doesn't look like a giant display. He's, I mean, he's,
1: the, the suitcase the suitcase armor is crazy awesome. The, I will give the, it that.
0: The suitcase armor is crazy awesome. And the fact that the antagonist is somebody that actually has a reason to be fighting and going after Tony Stark is another really, really great reason. To stand up for this movie, and I wanted my bird. He has a legitimate gripe against Tony Stark.
1: He wants his bird.
0: Not just the bird, his his family, his reputation, the work that they put into it that was just stolen by a, a giant multinational corporation. Like, he he put in a lot of time and energy and effort. His dad put in a lot of time and energy and effort. And they are just living in Russia and, like, living out their days until they die. And he's just sitting there going, no, I'm not taking this crap. He's like, I'm, I'm not going to put up with this. And he actually does something about it. And comes very, very close to succeeding. One of the few villains that actually comes dangerously close to succeeding in their ultimate task, because he had allies, you know, with uh, right. with Justin Hammer forming an, an alliance with him. The the two greatest uh, uh, Stark competitors were the ones who teamed up and actually did something to uh, to, to affect Tony's life, and they came really close to succeeding. So I'm I'm a way bigger fan of Whiplash than I am of either The Mandarin or Obadiah Stane. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I feel like this is the most solid of the three Iron Man films. And I really? feel like wow. it's I feel like it's one of the most solid sequels in the MCU.
1: You're making me want to revisit it, and I can't believe I'm saying that.
0: <laughs> I I prefer <laughs> Iron Man 2 over Ant Man and the Wasp. And
1: that's, I that's and I take.
0: and I probably prefer Iron Man two over Thor: The Dark
1: World. That's not saying much, but yeah, okay, I get you.
0: <laughs> but but uh, but I'm looking at the sequels. I prefer it over Iron Man three, and honestly, story wise, it might be in close contention with Age of Ultron. Mm. For me, mm. I know I know you're a fan of Age of Ultron, and and actually, I am too. I, I I do like that movie. I feel like people it's people are underrated. coming
1: around on that movie. It's it's taking some time, but people are coming around on it.
0: it. It is very underrated. I will grant you that. But in comparison of the sequels, I don't consider it the worst sequel, not by a long shot. And I don't necessarily consider it the best sequel, but I do consider it the best Iron Man film. Yep. So uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, take take that take that as hot a take as you want to, but. That's that's kind of where I'm at with the Iron Man franchise. Two was actually probably my favorite.
1: One thing I will say about Iron Man two, they need to bring Justin Hammer back. Big oh I agree. Time. Get get him back in the MCU somehow. Even if Iron Man's not there. Just like just that actor, that character, so good.
0: He did a he did a really great job. I forget what his name was, but I uh I I very much Enjoyed his portrayal and just enjoyed that movie. So,
1: okay, so moving on to one that I really like. I went in, and it's been a while since I've seen this one, but I remember going into this one going, I know this is a one that a lot of people don't like, and I don't think I'm going to care for it either. And then I came out really enjoying it. It's Thor from 2011, the first Thor, not Thor the Dark World, not Thor, just the first Thor. Right, I I think it's a pretty good movie I mean I'm not saying it's like the best origin film that they've done but it's I think it's pretty solid I think it got a bad rap I think it's really you know I think Thor is a character I think that floundered a bit I think even Chris Hemsworth said this like on multiple occasions that he kind of got after the first Thor it kind of he just was no development with him that's why they did everything they did with Ragnarok but like I think this thor sets up it's it's a, definitely a it's a left turn really from what you've gotten from the first three films and going this route to just going the norse god route and all fun another planet like it's a really step forward for the mcu as far as like expanding this universe
0: oh i agree 100% i mean you 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 needed different and thor was completely out of left field like right. you, you, you've had great technology. You've had great genetics. Now you've just got great science fiction. Like that. That's yeah. Pretty... It's
1: like it's like hard sci-fi, really. At this point, at, at at this
0: point, you're looking at a a mythical Norse god who wields a gigantic hammer and goes off on adventures to fight icy blue people on another planet using a teleporter. Like it, it doesn't get much more sci-fi than that. But it also introduces really great characters with Chris Hemsworth. And can we not talk about Thor without also talking about Loki?
1: You cannot. Uh, I mean, because Tom Hiddleston, man. Oh, my gosh. I mean, now he's got his own TV show. And, and deservedly so.
0: Very deservedly so. Like... If, there, if there's anything that I have learned about the MCU up to this point, it's that you can never discount Loki. Anything that he does when he's on screen is done with a purpose. There is always an intent behind it. And you, you see that evidenced in this movie and in all the movies that come after it. I will admit, setting it in New Mexico was a bit of a cliche because that's where all the alien sightings happen and stuff like that. Right. But at the same time, I kind of preferred the isolated environment because when you've got these big fights that are happening downtown and stuff like that, like what you get with New York after a while, it gets kind of old hat.
1: Especially when you know what's coming with the Avengers like right. going to New York or really any other city, like gets it gets old after a while. Like we've seen that everything. I think I think the the this whole subversion of like doing it in a small town and you know, kind of you know, saying in this old west kind of scenario I think worked way better. And just with the whole you know, the whole Roswell connection and, you know, <laughs> New Mexico and aliens, like I think that was a fun little twist.
0: It was, it was, and I'm not, I'm not trying to knock on it too terribly much. It's just, it's one of those things that, you, you see that, and for for a split second, you're thinking, really, and then for the other second, you're thinking, well, I think I probably prefer that over whatever alternative they were going to come up with. So, you know, no matter which way you twist it or spin it, it could have been a lot worse. And it wasn't. Yeah. And, you know, as disappointed as I am that Natalie Portman didn't join the MCU as in-depth as I thought she would, she still did a pretty solid job with this movie.
1: And she was at the Endgame premiere last night.
0: I'm not going to read too much into that.
1: (laughs) I'm really not, not. I'm not either, but I'm just saying, I'm surprised she even showed up. Like... I'm just under the impression that in Natalie Portman was done with Marvel, but maybe not. I don't know. Or maybe um, they
0: paid her to show up.
1: Do they really pay you to do they pay actors to go see movies? I don't know. They I they
0: don't know. okay, so I feel like there's a whole business within the business going on here. Oh, definitely there is. Because when you are going to these types of things, you want to put on a good face. So even if you're at odds with one another, You want to put up a unified front, and so you make deals behind backs and under tables and stuff. For all we know, Disney may be putting money into Portman's next movie project or something.
1: Who knows? But you know what? She was great in the first Thor you know, she obviously she, wanted out. She,
0: she, was, she was really good in the first one. She was okay in the second one.
1: he was starting to zone out. I, I'm glad they didn't, because, like, Age of Ultron, they're like, oh, where is she? And they're trying to, like, always, like, ride around the fact that she's not there. And, like, in Ragnarok, they come along and like, well, we just broke up. Like, she dumped me. <laughs> you know, it was so nonchalant. I love that Taika well, Waititi just dressed it head on.
0: It was It was long overdue, honestly. Like, and honestly, bringing in Tessa Thompson as a potential alternate—absolutely—I'm 100% on board with that. Just saying, their on-screen chemistry was great, but we're getting ahead of ourselves just a bit it,
1: here. It, it also, it also just—and we'll get to Ragnarok, but like, you know, it also like evens the, the, the score out with like, you know, like having a non-powered person. Like, what can you actually do with that character? And, like, especially, like, in Thor The Dark World, like, Jane's just, like, they really shoehorned her into the plot to, like, make her, like, they put the thing inside her, like, it's like, okay, you're you're working overtime to try to make her thing, whereas if you have a powered person that's actually just naturally in the plot, like Valkyrie was, like, it works much better. Um, that is here nor there. We've got Captain America, the first Avenger, up next. And this is another one that I think is underrated. I think people have come around on it, Um, came out, and this is the first, okay, I didn't even realize, Iron Man Incredible Hulk came out the same year, and then they had a break in 2009, and then 2010, Iron Man 2, 2011, we get Thor, and Captain America the First Avenger. Um, And, wow, I think, and diversity here, now we're going back in time, we're establishing Captain America, as a character, and I think, you know, The way people love that character now and how they are terrified about what's going to happen to him in Endgame, absolutely terrified, Um, shows the development and just how far he's come as a character. And you get that first, I think, really great outing for him and a great origin story and a very different kind of MCU film than what we've really ever seen.
0: Well, because this type of origin story is almost night and day compared to the origin story that we got with Iron Man. Right. You know, Iron Man was a kid who, you know, he, he was an adult but acted like a kid. Mm-hmm. And Steve Rogers was shrimpy like a kid but had the heart of a soldier.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: And so yeah, it was – That that's kind of funny that it leads up to, you know, what we know to be Civil War because – Even though they're both trying to defend the Earth, they've always had different ways of going about doing it. You know, Iron Man's going to look for, like, something to either defuse or cover up the bomb, and Cap's going to jump on the bomb to save everybody else. Right. And we got a taste of that with this movie. We got to see just how much he loves his country, just how much he wants to serve and protect and fight, We see how loyal and dedicated he is. We see that he wants to stand up to bullies and do what's right. And then at the same time, we're also seeing somebody like Red Skull. And, you know, it was really creepy watching somebody pull his face off like that. (laughs) But, you know, it's led to things like the Faceless Men in Game of Thrones and all kinds of other stuff. So, you know, even that has kind of helped set the stage for other things. So you know, everything about this movie is really, really solid. I I don't know how else to put it because I enjoy watching it when I get to. The unfortunate thing is it's not one of those ones that I tend to think of first when I'm sitting around on a lazy day going, hmm, what do I want to watch? Mm -hmm. I hear you. I have to be kind of intentional about my viewing of it. And it's really hard to be casual with the MCU because there's so many different plot devices and elements and so many things that are working and being interwoven that I have a really hard time just sitting down watching something like the first Avenger or just age of Ultron or whatever, because I know what the bigger scope is. And I also know that I don't have 12 hours to commit to watching everything else involved with that franchise. Yeah, because if you I know, watch I just... if I watch the first Avenger, I'm going to want to watch Winter Soldier. If I watch Winter Soldier, I'm going to want to watch Civil War. If I watch Civil War, I'm going to want to watch Infinity War. It's just this domino effect of getting hooked on the franchise as a whole and wanting to experience it even more.
1: You know, something that just hit me was the fact that does Captain Marvel make the whole claim that Captain America is the first Avenger? Does does that void that now? <laughs> um she i mean she i mean as established in the movie spoiler alert um she kind of inspires the avengers name well she her, exists her, her she exists n- after captain America okay never mind
0: captain- Captain America was in the
1: forties forties and she's in the nineties i've got i'm all confused never mind
0: she shows up in the nineties yeah yeah that that timepiece Was a little confusing, but I don't think she goes that far back. Yeah,
1: no, unless she time travels like that. No, I was just, yeah, I was. Well,
0: but then he gets put in the ice and comes out of the ice after Carol leaves. Right, right. So you know,
1: she's she kind of she comes and goes while you know he's in the ice.
0: Well, I guess he's technically and officially the first Avenger, even though the Avengers hadn't been formed yet.
1: And he's, unless they come back and retcon it, like, he's the first superhero in the world. Also true. And they actually say say that, whereas Captain Marvel came along well after it. Ant-Man was around at some point. I think he was more like the 60s, I think. Ant-Man was from the 60s? Well, uh, the original Hank Pym Ant-Man.
0: Oh, the original, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but even then that's that's still yeah, puts way after. That still puts him two decades after Cap because he fought in World War Two. Right, right.
1: All that is to say that uh there's a lot of superheroes in this uh little universe and they you all think they all get their uh well not all of them, but most of it can you imagine if we saw all these movies in like order? Like, you'd be wondering, like, where is Captain Marvel in The Avengers? Like, where is she? (laughs) Is she going to show up? No, you've got to wait two more Avengers movies, or three more Avengers movies to actually see her. But uh, The Avengers, May 4th, 2012, it all comes down to here. And this was really my my first time being cognizant of the MCU existing. Because we'd seen so many different movies, Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, you know, it Iron Man, Incredible the Hulk, X-Men. Thor. They all seem like the same sequence just like they were in separate universes. This is the first acknowledgement that holy crap, this is like these all characters are really are connected. They weren't just blowing smoke, like they were legitimately setting up a universe here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I honestly don't remember which one I watched first. I'm pretty sure I watched Captain America first, and then the Avengers, and then doubled back and watched Iron Man and Thor. So, I I kind of missed the sequence just a little bit here, but that didn't take away from the experience. Because Loki is just an intimidating presence on his own. Whether you know him from the context of Thor or not you've got somebody as regally dressed and as pompous as he is. (laughs) And one of the first lines in the whole movie is like, we have no quarrels with you. And he goes, an ant has no quarrel with a boot. And I'm
1: I'm
0: like, oh, oh, dang. Like, it just, it set the precedent. And that precedent just kept expanding as you kept assembling the different Avengers. And even if it's, assembling natasha romanoff who you see again in iron man 2 (laughs) that's another reason to watch iron man 2 black freaking widow people that's where she shows up you don't have iron man 2 you don't have natasha romanoff (laughs) just putting that out there I hear you. But you've also got Bruce Banner in there. You've got Hawkeye that's, you know, not just making a, a glorified cameo appearance. You, you've you got everybody showing up in such a timely fashion, whether that's, you know, going and getting uh, Tony Stark or it's going and talking to uh, Captain America or that's Thor showing up trying to intervene in the middle of everything and then deciding to join the fray because it's his brother – just the writing, the action, the, the different key sequences. Uh, th- there's so many different things that you can praise about this movie. They really did a fantastic job of taking all these stars of previous movies and putting them all together into one movie. And it set the stage for all these other joint assembly type movies that we get in the rest of this universe and they just keep putting it on a bigger and bigger scale, and it's so impressive.
1: Yeah, it's and we've, we've, we've talked about this particular movie on multiple occasions, on multiple episodes. We did a commentary not that long ago, which you should check out, because it was a lot of fun watching and talking about this movie at the same time. Um, but it's funny how Iron Man gets the credit for starting this universe, for introducing the idea of the MCU. But I think, in the lead up to that, I don't think people realize like how much of a risk they were taking, how much this could have been a disaster. And we're talking about, you know, everyone's kind of like pointing and laughing at, at dC right now with Justice League, but like it could have been the same thing with Marvel, a few screws loose, and the Avengers could have been the laughing stock of the superhero community, but it wasn't. They got the right people the right actors, the right script, and it all worked out perfectly. Um, I think The Avengers deserves the credit for proving that this kind of thing can work because it really never been done before as far as like connecting all these films and getting all these characters from these different films and putting them in the same movie. And it wasn't a disaster. Not only was it not a disaster, it was amazing. And it broke all kinds of records and it blew people away. And now here we are with the fourth Avengers film um, that is literally, you know, blowing people away even more so now and breaking all kinds of records. So I think this was kind of – I think feel like the Avengers was the beginning of the MCU because it showed everyone what this universe was capable of. It was hinting at things and dropping hints and – you know, laying the groundwork, but the Avengers when it all came together.
0: Well, it's funny that you say that the the whole coming together concept, it makes me think of the Beatles
1: come together. And then you go back, right back to Justice League with that.
0: Uh, yeah, see, that's the unfortunate can't, thing is
1: can't escape it.
0: the The Justice League used it and it was it was appropriate. Like don't get me wrong, I, I felt like it was really appropriate to use that song. But now I'm kind of bummed that the Justice League is using it because you know the Avengers aren't going to use it.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're right. Or or even Guardians. <laughs>
0: yeah, Guardians isn't going to use it. Although I am still betting money that "Bad Moon Rising" by Creedence Clearwater Revival is going to be in Volume Three.
1: Hell yeah! I, I am would love
0: still it. betting money on that. Every time I hear that song play on the radio, I can think of at least a half dozen different sequences. That the guardians could be using that song for their for their presence, like ah, uh, I wish that was like an actual job, you know. Like I'm sure it's a job for somebody, but like I wish that was a more consistent thing where like you're working for a TV company or a uh, or a movie company, and your job is to just come up with songs that fit in the soundtrack for your uh, for your series i want I th- that job i think like my knowledge of classic rock and and some of the more modern songs that you could put into like appropriately and i could also notice that if somebody made a suggestion for something i could nix it and be like ah, no we're not doing that you know what my you know what my biggest veto would be it would be from i want to say it's season 2 of the arrow uh-oh where oliver and laurel get together oh no <laughs> and for some reason they decide to play radioactive over their lovemaking
1: scene there's some weird uses of music in that show i will i will give you that
0: thank god the show got better after that because if the series like or the season ended on that note I don't think it would have been brought back,
1: oh jeez,
0: at least I wouldn't have as an executive if if I were an executive, I would have been like Pfft. as a viewer, I was like Pfft. like just not a fan. I'm sorry, I know I'm going on a little bit of a divergent tangent here, but I just had to squeeze that in there.
1: Ugh. I hear you I hear you The Avengers well a great the Avengers
0: a great. Movie filled with really great characters, really great sequences, and that camera shot of all of them making their last stand in New York—it looked so awesome. Not to mention some great music playing over all that as well.
1: Alan Silvestri, the master, the maestro, not doesn't doesn't get en- doesn't doesn't get enough credit.
0: Does not, not not from anybody else, but definitely from us. So no. yay. <laughs>
1: But uh and it's funny, here we are the end of phase 1. That was all of phase 1, what you just heard.
0: Wow, um, that but. only took 45 minutes.
1: <laughs> we might have to work move through phase 2 a little bit faster because it's about the same length, but then we get to phase 3 and it's like twice it's as just long. Woo! So yeah. So Iron Man 3 <laughs> coming up, coming up on 2013. I think I think this movie's underrated. I don't, I don't. I'm not saying that I want, I'm rushing back to go see it again, but I think it got a bad rap because people didn't like the Mandarin twist, which every time I hear that it sounds like a drink. The Mandarin twist, whatever. Um, and it, I don't know. I think I think it's a lot of good stuff in it, and I want. I, I need to go back and rewatch all these. Let's be honest. I need to go do all of them again. I think iron Man 3 it just it, it's a bit weird and it's kind of like I feel like a lot of the Iron Man movies were a bit filler in a way I think Iron Man 2 especially was just like trying to just set up Avengers and what didn't have a whole lot to do Iron Man 3 was more of the same just kind of dealing with what was happening after the Avengers and kind of was doing kind of overtime for like his PTSD or whatever um, I think overall I don't think the iron Man movies Iron Man movies t- contributed a too much to the overall plot, but I think this one's I think this one gets a bad rap to me.
0: Well, here's here's my thoughts on Iron Man 3. Are you ready? I'm ready.
1: I should have seen that coming. I should have seen it coming.
0: I here here's the deal, dude. It's not just Iron Man 3. In my in my opinion, as, as a semi-humble person, I was going to call it my humble opinion, but I really don't consider this a humble opinion. I'm going to call this a hot take. Um, in my opinion, 2013 was a dark year for superhero movies. Oh. You had Iron Man 3 in May of 2013... You had Thor The Dark World, November of 2013, and smack dab in the middle of that, June of 2013, you had Man of Steel. Oh my gosh. 2013 sucked for superheroes.
1: (laughs) It was abysmal. Now Man of Steel doesn't look so bad to me, but
0: whatever. Those are three of the worst superhero movies in the last decade. Period. Three of the worst. I was going through my my MCU movies ranked, and Iron Man 3, I ranked 20 out of 21, ahead of only The Incredible Hulk. Wow. I despise this movie with every fiber of my being, (laughs) because I cannot sit through choppy writing, piss-poor character development, and cheesy CGI. Woo! Woo. I cannot. You could not pay me to watch this movie, let alone me pay you to go see it at a movie theater. It's not happening. I'm sorry, but 2013 was just a bad year for movies, and Iron Man 3 got everything off on the wrong foot. In my opinion, this whole PTSD thing about Tony Stark and, and you know wanting to put up the suit, he's never going to do that. And he's proven that time after time after time. And this this grandiose example that he puts on at the very end of this movie is a complete phony. Because just a couple of movies later, he puts it back on for Age of Ultron. It's not like he ever stays true to his word. He puts it back on for Age of Ultron. He puts it back on for Civil War. He's got it on in Homecoming. And he's got it on again for Infinity War. He does not put away the suit. It is a part of who he is. And to think that he's going to, you know, put on this great fireworks display to get rid of a part of his quote-unquote past because of what happened with Loki is bull. And I don't care for that stage of his character. And I don't care for the antagonist. Because the Mandarin isn't even the villain. Why were we so obsessed for seven-eighths of this movie over a character that legitimately didn't even exist? You're really going to make me sit through two hours of this stuff to find out that this villain isn't even a real villain? I'm sorry. After Loki, I want a legitimate threat, not some actor pretending to be the, the bad guy. There is nothing redeemable about this movie, and i i I know that I'm bashing something that you said is underrated, but I just do not care for this movie at all
1: you You can't see, but my hair is blown back now i just I'm sitting back in my chair just in awe, gasping for air, um wow. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry dude.
1: <laughs> Look, no no, I am I'm intrigued because for one, I want to go back and watch this movie and know if my opinion has changed or whatever. And another, I want to know I want to do an episode on this movie and find out wha- wha- who hurt you, <laughs> who hurt you? <laughs> something, something clicked. You do not- this is like this is news to me, and I am fascinated by how much you despise this movie. So something, yeah,
0: something something triggered in me. Maybe I I really feel like it has to do with the overall storyline. It, it it all ties back to the writing, and I've said this before on the show that if I feel like I can write something better than what I just watched I feel like I wasted my time and I wasted my money I hear you and so as a writer if I'm looking at this story and I'm looking at the script and I'm finishing people's sentences and I'm understanding where this plot is going and I'm seeing things that either contradict one another or just don't make sense at all then I'm looking at this going why am I watching this in the first place? If all you're doing is contradicting yourself and not staying true to the character and his thread and his storyline that we see over the span of several movies now and we'll see, you know, continue to see for several more movies, it is an, an inconsistency that, in my opinion, is unforgivable. They either needed to do better or not do it at all. So yeah. either either
1: write me a better Iron Man three or just don't make Iron Man three, remake Iron Man three. Zach is starting that immediately after this show. He's starting the Kickstarter. It's going to happen.
0: I'm I'm writing the script right now as we speak.
1: <laughs> they're gonna have to they're gonna have to remake all the other MCU movies to make this happen because you know how this works but uh yeah just remake
0: just remake the whole MCU man i could probably do better than the, at least half of these movies.
1: <laughs> oh god. All right, well let's go to another one that's <laughs> one of our, our fan favorites. <laughs> Thor the Dark World.
0: Is this a fan favorite though?
1: Um i was being sarcastic, sir. Um, oh. or unless you're going to tell me you love this one. I mean, i don't love it.
0: But I do see some redeeming qualities to it, more well, so more so than I saw in Iron Man three.
1: I know you're going to disagree with me, but I think all these movies have at least one redeeming quality about them.
0: What was Iron Man three's redeeming
1: quality? I don't know. I haven't seen it in a while. That the airplane thing with the, with the, him rescuing people out of Air Force One that was pretty cool. I think. Okay. Okay. You got to give me that. <laughs> I mean
0: anything involving Air Force One is pretty cool because anytime I see Air Force One I think of Harrison Ford.
1: It should have had Air he should have had Harrison Ford in it. Get off my plane.
0: That would have been cool. That would have been that's the Iron Man Three that everyone wanted. Dude, that would have been really epic though, because if you had like an older Harrison in there and it was Air Force two instead of Air Force One or something like that, it would have like connected the MCU to the Air Force One cinematic universe and that would have been really cool
1: If we keep talking about Iron Man 3, I'm just going to title this episode Why Zack Hates Iron Man 3 Do it! We're not going to get to the rest of the episode Do
0: it! Thor The Dark World It's redeeming (laughs) quality was I did not see the plot twist of Loki assuming the throne at the end of the movie
1: That was a really good one but it got spoiled for me uh, so, no. I, I, it's still, I great twist.
0: I It didn't get spoiled for me, and I I very much enjoyed that, and I enjoyed the fact that the big climactic fight scene was able to jump between different realms, which meant some of the big fighting and destruction didn't have to happen in a real-world environment. It could happen in an artificial environment. And after having all the death and destruction that we did in new york just two movies previous having some of the big climactic fighting and explosions happen on some distant planet that's remote and relatively unpopulated was a breath of fresh air I agree. to me
1: i agree i i think i think it was i think there's a lot of good ideas here honestly i think the, the, there was a lot of really good ideas I think they were trying to do something different. I think they were trying to utilize Jane better as a character. I think setting most of it off of Earth, I think, was a really good idea. I think a lot of it just... I don't know. It just, It's just weird. I think the character of Thor it's himself isn't all that interesting, and he's not made much more interesting by this. And I was referring to it earlier, like I think Chris Hemsworth has talked about. And I don't think he ever said specifically, but I think he was talking about the Dark World when he talks about how he was getting bored with the character. He was... Not on board with what was going on with him, and I think Ragnarok is what the character needed. We'll get to that in a second, but like I think Thor of the Dark World was m- too much of a just a middle sequel, like just a you know just something that w- it didn't go very far with the story. Is what I am trying to say. I think, but I think it still had a lot of good stuff. There is a lot of good, you know. Thor and Loki stuff. You got to love that scene where Loki transforms into Captain America, like, you know, there's so many great moments. Overall, I think it just kind of fell flat with most people.
0: I think the big problem there is that you can have interesting character development for the co-stars, but if it doesn't happen for the primary star, then why are you watching? Right. If if Thor is not getting character development over the morning of his mom's death, then what the hell are we doing? Yeah. True. The other the other the other problem is as much as I really loved Christopher Eccleston in Doctor Who, I equally despised him as Maleketh in this movie.
1: He just he is so underwhelming in this movie. He fell so really
0: bad. flat, dude. Really and, flat. And it's sad. Because when they announced that Christopher Eccleston was going to be playing a dark elf in the MCU, I was like, "Hell yes!"
1: Yeah, that sounded amazing.
0: In theory, it sounded awesome. In practice, it was like, "Oh my!" I, I I wanted I wanted to do like my best George Takei impression the whole movie and just be like, "Oh my! <laughs> oh my!" That I love it. That was not a sound effect. I hope did you did you all hear that?
1: I'm hearing wind? Or rolling that... rolling thunder. How 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 perfect is that?
0: We're talking about Thor and we're bashing his movie and the god of thunder says, "Shut up, peasant."
1: Yeah, Thor is outside your window.
0: And it's nighttime, so it is the dark world right now. Wow. Wow, this is
1: perfect podcasting. Ah, oh,
0: I couldn't I couldn't have planned that any better if i tried
1: well let's see let's see if we can get some snow in your area john when t- snow when we start talking about captain america the winter soldier oh which, okay which i couldn't i i thought was always a underwhelming factor of this movie is the fact that it wasn't set during winter i know the character was set is is just called the winter soldier but like I think it would have been cooler if it, there was, like, snow. And this was, like, Christmas. Christmas movie. But I guess they already did that with Iron Man 3. Whatever! It's a great movie.
0: I mean, I'm going to yield the floor to you on this one. I enjoyed it, but I don't think I enjoy it nearly as much as you do. So, uh, I had my Iron Man tangent. By all means, have have yourself a field day with Winter Soldier, dude.
1: Well, for me, it's not... I don't think it's aged as well for me as it... Like, I really enjoyed it back in the day. I think... I think in later years, I think I gravitate more to Civil War, just because it, it's further down the story, whatever, but, like, Winter Soldier still holds up as a film, and I think it, it holds up in the sense that it, again, it, it's, it's the, the big thing that people try to throw at the MCU a lot of times, and, and a lot of it's true, is that a lot of films feel a lot the same, and that they kind of follow the similar formula, similar formats, with you know visual styles, whatever, and they don't broaden themselves out too much. And I think that is true for some of these films. I think Winter Soldier is one that, especially if you're just looking at from First Avenger to Winter Soldier, just looking at the Cap trilogy, like how different both of those films are. Oh yeah, and, night and, and day. And doing this in a way that was very, very you know, timely with, you know, the way the government, I think it was just like a year after what happened with Snowden, like in the news, like all that stuff with like the leaks and stuff like that with the government. And here you are with this superhero film, this just superhero movie for kids talking about like government surveillance. And as Cap says, putting gun to people's heads and calling it security and having HYDRA come back in this really interesting way that no one saw coming. It's this great modern film that is, you know, yes, dealing with Captain America punching Nazis again, but a completely different way. And I think it modernized the character of Captain America and helped him grow up. I think a lot of his Avengers stuff was him about kind of being kind of goofy at times, I understood that reference. We love that Cap, but ultimately he had to change, he had to grow, he had to adapt into the real world, into the modern world. I think Winter Soldier did that and helped him become this really grounded character, and also putting us so much more energy and emotion into that character when it comes to his relationship with Bucky and him coming back and all this kind of stuff. It's a masterfully done film. It is so great. It's one of the best I think in the MCU. I'm not gonna say it's the best. But it's one of the best. It's definitely up there in my chart. And I think it's definitely one of the fan favorites going still to this day.
0: I mean, it's in the top ten for me simply because of the Hydra reveal. When, oh, yeah. when, when he comes out of the ice, we just assume that Hydra was defeated over time because the Nazis were defeated. And to find out that they have infiltrated our government and our very essence... To, to know that they are, like, a part of us to a certain degree. And even a, even a very influential part of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, that was a big deal. And it was also a really big deal on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. By then, that show has launched. And not only did the HYDRA reveal pop up in Winter Soldier... But it ended up influencing the direction of the TV show as well. And I think that's another influential piece of this movie that people tend to forget about sometimes is not only did it affect things in the
1: MCU, the the cinematic universe, but the television universe as well. That's That's how I experienced that for the first time. I didn't see Winter Soldier when it first came out on like opening weekend, I saw it like a few weeks after I watched agents of shield when it came out because it's a TV show and I had more access to that. And that's how I found out about the, the whole Hydra thing is through that TV show and how it interfaced with that. And that was so well done. Like say what you will about agents of shield, especially that first season. Like that was so well done with how they connected those two back when the show was actually connected to the MCU, which it really isn't anymore. Um, but Not it's still really, great. It's a lot better than it used to be, but also is it's completely disconnected from the MCU. But it's they're probably, really doing it's probably better because it's disconnected. If we're
0: being honest,
1: honestly, you're right. It it's is. got a, it's, it's
0: got a lot more freedom of expression and creativity now.
1: Some of my favorite stuff is like from that show is like they did a whole, did a whole arc on like LMDs and all this kind of stuff, like crazy stuff that had nothing to do with the movies. It was right. just doing its own thing, and that's when I think that show has excelled. But this was one of the best moments in that show is the whole Hydra reveal and them trying to figure it out and, you know, watching the movie and then seeing that, like, where can they go with this? Like, Winter Soldier, S.H.I.E.L.D. is gone. What do you do? And, of course, they yeah, they bring it back. S.H.I.E.L.D. is back after that, but, like, it's, you know, it was so intriguing, and I think Winter Soldier just shook up the MCU more than anyone really thought it would.
0: Oh, yeah, because up until this point, the big moments and the big shakeups had really happened during the avenger movies. right. and so to have a big shakeup during an individual film that's going to leave lasting repercussions throughout the rest of the universe was something that was rather unprecedented.
1: exactly. And it, and it really showed that any of these films could be momentous. it wasn't about like i think it's not a, like you
0: I, only show up for the avengers movies to see what happens. you have to see the other stuff to get the full
1: context. And it was it was the first time and I think for me with these films a lot of it has to do with like okay for for Star Wars, for example. I love Star Wars. I'll show up to what? anything. Yeah, I know. Crazy, no. right? Oh
0: I thought James Crazy. Kirk was the guy that you had a poster of.
1: Nah. You
0: don't have like five hundred Spock action figures.
1: Hey, don't be hating. I love Star Trek too. <laughs> what I love Star Wars. I will show up if it's on the big screen and has a Star Wars name on it, I will show up for it. Yes, I am a shill. You can call me whatever you want to. I am down for Star Wars. What if it's I...
0: what if it's Star Wars, Ewoks taking a shit <laughs> and they're literally just sitting on the branches, the stormtroopers are driving by on their speeders and they're just trying to drop
1: their dumps onto the helmets properly. Okay, now I have to figure out if I want to edit out this whole segment. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Wow. (laughs) And for the record, yes, I would watch that. That's going to be a Um, Disney
0: Plus exclusive.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. My point is I will show up to Star Wars and see it however it is, even if it's that. But with the MCU, I love the universe, but like, I am also invested in the story. And it's and, and I'm going to each movie, and I'm not necessarily going to watch them hundred times like I would a Star Wars movie. But I'm interested in where the story's going to next. I think Winter Soldier was the first one that like really solidified the idea that stuff's going to happen in each one of these things, and it's one big long story. And you know, you can you know, ultimately, you kind of have to show up for every, each and every one of them in order to get the full picture.
0: No, you're right. You're very right. Uh, and that and that's part of what I love so much about how interwoven these stories are. But conversely, it's also why I strangely love the next movie on our list so much. Mm-hmm. Because it's so independent from all of that. Oh, really? The Guardians of the Galaxy have almost no ties to Earth whatsoever. Yep. And they do that on purpose. You know, they show Peter Quill in the first few minutes there being abducted by aliens and never wanting to go back to Terra again. And from there on out, you're seeing a human in a world full of aliens, and he's going on these crazy adventures that have nothing to do with Earth, and yet still fall under the Marvel title. And you're sitting there going, wait, how does all of this tie in? And yet at the same time, you're also just bopping your head to the awesome music, and you're laughing at the hilarious jokes. It's just so incredibly different from everything else that we've seen up to this point. Think about it. Think about Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, First Avenger, Avengers... Iron Man 3, The Dark World, Winter Soldier, and then, boom, Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. It's just so incredibly different from anything that had been previously seen to that point.
1: And if it hadn't had... Like, you wouldn't even necessarily know it was a Marvel Studios movie, except for the fact that it has Marvel Studios on it, and it's released, and they're telling you, oh, this is part of the same universe, and... There's that one guy, that purple guy, that shows up for that one scene, and you saw him at the very end of the Avengers movie. Other than that, there's no connections. And it's all about just this this telling the story off and thing, and maybe one day it'll all come back around, and it'll all you know tie in together. But for right now, it's just its own thing. And I think that's what makes Guardians of the Galaxy work so well, is that it wasn't trying to... Be, because the next one we're going to talk about in a few minutes. There was one where. Well, Ant Man. Ant Man had Edger, Edgar Wright, and there was a lot of push and pull between the filmmakers and that movie, and and Edgar Wright because he wanted to do so many things, and they were trying to use Ant Man to kind of set up the next phase of movies. Right. And it, it eventually Edgar Wright left because he was tired of trying to deal with kind of the whole studio thing. Whereas Guardians of the Galaxy, being that it was so out there and so on its own, it gave James Gunn the ability to just do whatever he wanted and just make the story he wanted. And then, you know, there wasn't any, oh, you got to fit it here and here and here. Like, yeah, I think there was a little bit of studio with, this, with you know, Thanos. Obviously, that's setting up what we see now in Endgame. But ultimately, he did what he wanted. I think that movie shines because of it. It is so much because it is just its own thing that is slightly connected to the overall story of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think that's why it shines so much.
0: I agree. I agree. I mean, there's a lot of elements that makes it shine, but I completely agree with everything you just said. But in addition to that was the soundtrack. Oh man, yeah, dude. That soundtrack was what got me hooked on oldies tunes, and I use that phrase "hooked on" on purpose because <laughs> Blue Swede's "Hooked on a Feeling," being attached to the trailer, that 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 music just revealed to me that that is where I needed to go to find the music that speaks to my soul. For a long time, I had been searching for the right style of music when what I should have been looking for was the right era of music, and I found that with Awesome Mix Volume 1. From there, I found the Oldies Station here in the Dallas area, and I have been listening to it regularly ever since. Because everything that they play is music that I sing along to, is music that inspires me, music that I enjoy. And it's all thanks to Guardians of the Galaxy. Red Bones, come and get your love. I'm bopping my head and singing along to that. Uh, The Pina Colada song. I've actually made a cover of that that is a dedication to the state of Texas. Like... There's just so much inspiration attached to that music that, you know, I will watch this movie just to listen to the music and sing along to it.
1: Yeah. It's 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 so like we talked about it before how Guardians of the Galaxy owns that music now. You can't listen to it. Nobody listens to that music now without thinking of Guardians of the Galaxy. Well You can't you don't hear Hugachaka Chaka without listening. Without thinking about Guardians of the Galaxy. You can't do it.
0: Except when I'm around my mom and she goes, Oh, I listened to that in high school. <laughs> okay, Mom. <laughs> but it's a great movie. It's got a great story, great characters. It's like the Avengers in space, but with comedy. Yep. Hey, there's, there's just so many different elements. And we've talked about this movie before on this podcast. I'm looking through this trying to think of just how many of these different movies we've actually done reviews for on the program. I want to say other than the incredible Hulk, it's been pretty much all of them Mm
1: -hmm.
0: because I'm pretty sure we did an iron man trilogy at one point. And I know we've done the captain America movies and I know we've done the guardians movies. I know we did homecoming black Panther Ragnarok uh, Infinity War and Ant Man and the Wasp; those are most more recent. I remember those. Did we do an original Ant Man? I feel like we did.
1: Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like
0: we must have because by then we were kind of on an MCU kick. I'll have to go back and confirm. I can't I can't confirm or deny it today, but I think I feel like other the main than...
1: ones. The main ones we missed are Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, and. The first Thor, because we did maybe Dark World, maybe? I can't remember. No, we weren't. we weren't going at that point. I don't know. I can't remember. See, I, we've been around for too
0: long, man. Over 200 episodes, they kind of get jumbled together. Yeah, but I think we're kind of
1: covering them all tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's a thing, isn't it? I guess we should go on to the next one, shouldn't we? Maybe so. So the next one, as previously mentioned, Avengers Age of Ultron, I think is another one that in retrospect, yes, even I had issues with this one coming out of the theater the first time. Like, yeah, it's not a perfect film. And it's definitely kind of has, I don't know, sequel-itis? It kind of, it it's, they're definitely like, at this point in the MCU, they're, they know where they're going, but they're trying to set it up and they're trying to buy time for like, okay, we know we're going to Thanos. We know we're getting towards Infinity War, but like, how do we do that? And how do we stage this out? We don't want to do it on the second one, but I think Age of Ultron still does a lot. I think it does a lot of things, maybe even better than Infinity War. Honestly, I think it does a lot of things that I think Joss Whedon just knows these characters, and he knows how to make them work and how to thing and and, and did genuinely tried. I think Joss Whedon was out because I think the studio wasn't treating him the best. I think there was a lot of studio interference with this Age of Ultron, which is why there's certain things that didn't totally work, like you have the whole scene in the pool and, you know, kind of the setting up of with the, the Infinity Stones, with Thor seeing the Infinity Stones in the, in the Waters of Sight. That scene feels kind of out of place, but at the same time, the studio kind of, you know, said, hey, you got to put this in there because we're setting up Infinity War. You know so I think some of it worked you know most of it worked I think I think some of it was a little little here nor there but I think this movie does a lot a lot right I think it's really fun and ultimately it sets up what we're seeing right now it, it sets up the entire thing because after this you get you know you get uh, you know all what we're getting now
0: uh, it's very true it's, it's very true um I like it because of Vision, more than anything. You know, Vision was a great addition to the MCU, a great addition to the cast. Paul Bettany getting sentience instead of just being a voice revitalized his career. And it's not the first time that that's happened. You know, it's not the first time that somebody's career has been revitalized. We talked earlier about how Iron Man wasn't really like It didn't have a big name in Robert Downey Jr., but then he became a big name, more or less. And with his casting in that first Iron Man movie, it was something that was more or less kind of a, a second chance. It was like a career boost. And he really took that in stride and ran with it and made it his own. And I think the same is true for Paul Bettany. You know, now that we see him in movies like Solo he's getting opportunities that he really wouldn't have gotten if he hadn't played the part of vision or even Jarvis before that. So I think Paul Bettany is one of the, one of the greater pieces of this puzzle and Andy circus as well. You know, I know I'm talking about some of the smaller, lesser known, lesser used characters in this movie, but they still make a significant contribution to the franchise. They still do a lot. And it's just, it's fascinating to watch how all this unfolds because, you know, you've also got the twins in this. You've got uh, Quicksilver and uh, Scarlet Witch, which is another really interesting tandem and a really interesting, you know, look at who the Maximoff twins are and how strong they are together and how much stronger Wanda becomes when she's in mourning Uh, Little did we know that upset Wanda could actually be one of the most powerful people in the universe, (laughs) considering what she did uh, in Infinity War, but I'm getting ahead of myself just a little bit. Seeing all of those things was almost like a tease, letting us know the potential for what's to come. And then it's also probably one of the more referenced slash homaged movies because as we see in Ragnarok hey big guy sun's getting real low yeah like there are elements of this movie that get used in other movies sometimes for a comedic point sometimes as a reference to other things that are going on uh, concerning the infinity gauntlet or what have you it is a crucial piece for that Alone being able to be referenced like that, but I think you're right, the, the whole sequelitis thing is what makes it a contender amongst the better sequels up there with Iron Man 2 for me. But it's still kind of second tier behind a couple of other sequels that we have yet to talk about.
1: Absolutely, and uh, one of those is coming up. Um, in the next phase but We got one more movie One more movie to, to
0: round out phase two And I really <clears throat> I really don't have a whole whole lot To say about this movie If I'm being totally honest
1: I have a little bit to say
0: I'll, I'll let you say it because I really don't have much to say Other than his name isn't Scott
1: It's Crapbag
0: <laughs> Where did those, that come from? Those of you who watch the show Friends You know what I'm talking about
1: <laughs> Oh my goodness I get it now. I get it. Forgot. Paul Red's been in everything, so <laughs> Also, Paul Red is fifty. He's fifty.
0: He secretly possesses the time gem, dude.
1: He's 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 in that club. Jennifer Aniston, um, Keanu Reeves, they they just don't age. He's whatever he's drinking or eating, I I want it.
0: Uh they're they're in that club with um. Batman.
1: Which one of the Batmans you're thinking? One
0: of, one of the Batmans, George Clooney. That's true. Clooney doesn't age either.
1: No, he does not.
0: Okay. But Ant Man. I, I yield. I yield the floor to you. Ant Man, go for it.
1: I won't go too far into this. Um, but I will say that I. I think I told the story before how like I didn't see Ant Man in the theaters, so I put it online. To my fellow compatriots on online on Twitter, probably I was like, "Hey, I haven't seen this movie. Should I rent it or should I buy it?" And they're like, "Buy it. It's awesome, Ant Man." And I'm like, "Okay, I'm gonna follow your advice. I'm gonna buy it." I bought it. I watched it, and I'm like, "Guys, why did you tell me to do that?" Because <laughs> I was not impressed, and I was like, "And normally speaking." I buy movies, my general logic is if I'm going to watch a movie more than once. If, if this is a movie that I'm going to watch once, twice, whatever, every once in a while, I will buy it. Otherwise, I'll just rent it or whatever. I'm not gonna, I don't, really, I don't have, feel the need to own it. Ant-Man was not a movie that I really had a desire to watch again. So I didn't for a long time until a year ago when Ant-Man of the Wasp came out. And I really enjoyed that movie, as I've said on this show before. So after watching that movie and enjoying it, I went back and watched the first Ant-Man. And I was like, okay, guys, y- you got me. I'm glad I bought it because I'm glad I was able to go back and watch it. And I enjoyed it a lot. I think you have to temper your expectations with this movie. I think it's not meant to this be this another big chapter of the MCU. It's setting up some stuff. It's, it's ultimately, it's its own little story, similar to Guardians of the Galaxy, it's telling its own little story off in the corner here. It's not off in space, it's in San Francisco. Big difference. But, Not by much. (laughs) But, it, ultimately, I think it did a lot of good. I think it told a really good story, and I think it, uh, you know, ultimately would, uh, I, I think what we're gonna see in Endgame, of course, is, you know...
0: I'll yeah, tell you what we're going to see. We're going to see Ant-Man flying up Thanos' bunghole and then expanding to giant size, and that's how Endgame finishes, with purple splotches all over our screen, and it's going to jump out at us if we're watching it in 3D.
1: That's what I'm hoping for. Come on now. Um, all that is to say, <laughs> I like Ant-Man. I like Ant-Man now. I appreciate it for what it is, I think if you haven't seen it in a while, go check it out again. I think it's worth a second try, I think it got a bad rap its first go-around.
0: Well, I mean, it's one of the movies that I own on disc, but it's only on DVD. Oh. There are some movies that I own on Blu-ray for reasons. (laughs) And then there are some movies that I wish I owned on Blu-ray, but only have on DVD. So, I'm still kind of in the process of, like, revising my library a little bit. But Ant-Man is one of those ones that I own on disc. So, I may give it another go. But it's just really, really hard for me because all I see is Mike Hannigan. (laughs) I see Mike Hannigan going on these adventures. And I'm like, um, excuse me. Why are you flirting with Toriel from The Hobbit? (laughs) When you're married to Phoebe. Like, I, I, get my, I get my universes really, really crossed up with this movie. I, I don't hate it, but I don't love it either. I it, get
1: that. I totally get
0: that. It, it's very middle of the road for me, and I think that's what's most disappointing, is there are a lot of really epic movies in the MCU, and Ant-Man is just kind of there. And that disappointed me a little bit. I was like, oh, I thought, you know, you, you talk about not setting your expectations too high. You kind of almost have to when you've got movies like Civil War and Homecoming and Ragnarok. You know, there's some really epic movies in this cinematic universe. And then there's Ant-Man. <laughs> yeah, I hear With that note, we're going to take a quick break here and go to a commercial break, program identification, whatever you want to call it. We are through two out of the three phases and 12 out of the 21 movies. We're going to try and touch base on as many of these remaining eight as we can here in Phase 3 as we continue our MCU recap on Episode 235 of the IPC Podcast.
1: Everybody is Sage
0: from the Night Force Media Network, and I'm here to tell you about our new show, The Fandom Cantina, and why
1: you need to tune into it. Also here to talk about it is, um, uh, oh yeah, right, it's Mondo. Wait, 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 So did you think I got like an afterthought? Let no, me tell no, you but, something, okay? You act like I don't know anything about Star Wars I, and never the said Force, that. or, uh, or other movies i'll have you know i was a movie pass subscriber okay and i subscribed to but... a list and you act like i don't know anything about television you don't no. like all those fancy shows and video games let me I, tell you I something man. i th- have beaten 50 video games this year alone and 50? you don't think that i like oh. making odd numbered list countdown lists up oh, oh you are oh. you are sadly oh. mistaken sir
0: So yeah, that's what our show's about. You can catch us 10 p.m. Eastern, Wednesday nights, Mixler's Night Force Media. See you then.
1: This is IPC.
0: Here on the IPC podcast, doing our MCU recap in preparation for Avengers: Endgame. Uh, ben, I don't know about you, but going through these first two phases has felt a little bit like a roller coaster. Yep. Because we've had some really awesome highs, like the Avengers, and some really terrible lows, like the Dark World. <laughs> and then there's just stuff that's kind of middle of the road, like Ant-Man, that we discussed before the break. And now we move into Phase 3, which kicks off with a really epic movie and kind of concludes, or quote-unquote concludes, with a really epic movie. And I could be mistaken, but I think three out of my top five are Phase 3 movies.
1: I think so, too. I think this is a pretty solid phase, in my opinion.
0: Hey, it's it's really good. It's got a lot that's really really good to it, and actually, four, five out of my top seven are Phase Three movies. So there are some. There were some that just barely missed the cut, but they're still like really really up there for me. They're like top ten. Um, but let's go ahead and jump into it with. May 6, sixteen's release, Captain America, Civil War. Yo. I, it's had a lot of hype.
1: <laughs> this movie had a
0: heck of a lot of hype. And there were some phrases and sequences that were talked about in the trailers that didn't even show up in the movie. That's how much they were trying to misdirect you with this. Yeah. And it led to some really big fight sequences and really compelling storytelling and just overall led to something that was a a very didactic split. Choosing between Team Cap and Team Iron Man, it was like, you are one or the other. You're either with me or you're my enemy kind of situation. And yet at the same time, there was also kind of this awkward tension because you kind of knew nobody was really going to die during these fights. So, what was the point? It was like a
1: backyard brawl, but with superpowers. And I think I, and funny, going in, I was convinced someone was going to die for some reason. And then going out, and in retrospect, I'm like, the way the movie is done, I think it was pretty well done in the sense that they, that you didn't need someone to die to raise the stakes. I think it was more about this personal battle and really like the actual civil war isn't the big thing. It's, you know, the the battle between Iron Man and and Captain America at the end, which is fantastic. But I think you have that airport battle, which is amazing, at the same time it's more like, you know, you have that exchange between Hawkeye and Black Widow, you, you know, you know, we're still friends, right? Like this whole kind of back and forth with like they're still trying to hold it together even though they're literally trying to kill each other. Like, it's 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 pretty bad at that point. Um, but um, something I just realized, just looking at this, talking about it, is the fact that one of the biggest things in Civil War is the introduction of Spider-Man. And, Very true. And Kevin Feige just confirmed that Spider-Man Far From Home is going to be the final... Film in Phase Three, so this phase literally begins and ends with Spider-Man.
0: This phase has a lot of Spider-Man. A lot. He, he he shows up here, and then he's got uh, Homecoming, and then he's in Infinity War. I, we imagine he's going to make some sort of appearance in Endgame. In we have some no capacity. idea. We're just
1: not a spoiler. We have no. We haven't seen the movie. Don't pure, get mad at us, please. Pure
0: speculation because he was on set for the entirety of the filming. So unless they just told him to take a break and they paid him to not do anything for this second film, it's probably safe to assume that he's in it in some capacity. And then he's also going to be uh, far from home. So that's one, two, three, four, five movies in this phase
1: that he's in. And it's funny, the last phase, in phase two, we were convinced Spider-Man would never show up in this universe.
0: Yeah, it's amazing what happens when Disney throws a lot of money at a situation, isn't it? (laughs)
1: Ain't the truth. Ain't it the truth? I
0: mean, I'm not I'm not trying to sound cynical, it's just literally what happened.
1: Pretty much.
0: They it's like, pretty... hey, Sony, you're not doing so good. How about we give you some money and you give us Spider Man? <laughs> okay, but only if you put us in the title. Alright, fine. Here. <laughs> it's like you're solving their problems, but I digress. It was a really cool sequence because you had somebody really, really big and strong like Bucky, somebody that had made his presence known already, tries to take a swing at this kid, and he just stops it and grabs it like it's nothing. One of the many awesome sequences in this movie. And it's not only the introduction of Spider-Man, it's also the introduction of Black Panther.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, T'Chaka and T'Challa both show up in this movie, and you get a taste of of Wakandan culture but you dive a whole lot deeper in one of the other movies that we're going to talk about in a bit here and it's just interesting to see how all of those things combine because much like Vision in Age of Ultron you're introducing a new character and in this case multiple new characters in a movie that is centered around a couple of other characters You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's really, really hard to give everybody the screen time they deserve, and yet they still find a way to accomplish that with decent comedic timing as well. Because, you know, Spider-Man's joke about The Empire Strikes Back just killed me.
1: Yeah, I love it.
0: As a Star Wars fan, he's like, hey guys, did you ever see that really old movie, The Empire Strikes Back?
1: And I'm like, really old?
0: Really old? You damn it's millennial old.
1: it's not that old it's
0: like damn you millennial what the hell of course i'm also a millennial so i can't
1: really yeah talk. That, I, I was just about to say like you're 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 saying damn you to yourself
0: i mean i kind of do that anyway it's called self deprivation depra- 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 humor I mean
1: that that's that's part of the millennial culture is self hate. So <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I've I, I talked about this in one of my classes not too long ago. I tend to make jokes about myself before somebody else has the chance to.
1: You can't insult millennials. You can't say how much we suck because we know how much we suck. We we, we 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 point it out all the time.
0: Pretty much, it's called anxiety, and we live with it every day. Exactly.
1: It's a beautiful thing.
0: It is. It is.
1: Okay, so uh, are you finished with Civil War? I'm sorry, I'm, I didn't want to interrupt you.
0: I'm more or less done with Civil War, yeah, because we only have like five minutes per movie. It's it's not like we can do an entire discussion on this film and all the ins and outs of it. But suffice to say, the the twist at the end, the Cap versus Iron Man fight, you know, everything about it was just so meaningful, and yet so heart wrenching at the same time.
1: Yeah, it it, it, it again. Captain America movie is a huge turning point for the entire universe and helps set up and really I mean you think about it Civil War is the whole reason they lost in Infinity War like the fact that they're not all together you know they're not all on the same page you know if they had just been together when Thanos showed up and it hadn't been for Civil War like they would have fared a lot better because you know who knows but uh, Civil War is a you know, again, the Captain America movies are like seem like the most pivotal in all these films because they really advance the story.
0: Well, what's interesting is even with this division, they still came close to succeeding.
1: Very close. Multiple and, times, really.
0: And so this this Civil War that was sparked in this movie was the thing that you pretty much needed in order for Thanos to succeed in Infinity War. Because if they were unified, they would have been able to stand up to him and we wouldn't have Endgame. Right. So it's, it's kind of pivotal in that other context because if you don't have this civil war, if you don't split up the Avengers, then Earth doesn't come across as vulnerable as it does come Infinity War.
1: Right. Exactly. Um,
0: well, <laughs> yeah we we're, we're we're both doing this awkward pause because I think neither of us have anything to say about this next movie.
1: <laughs> well, okay. Really quick. We'll just we'll just go through it really quick. Doctor Strange mm-hmm. is it's okay. No. It's just okay. No. Oh, really? You don't even think it's okay. <laughs> it's not even that. Okay, please el- elaborate. <laughs> I I don't know how, dude. How do
0: you start with something that is this meta and this trippy and and just does not delve into the multiverse as well as it could have? It it, it like compared to other time travel type movies and other multiverse movies that I have seen, or even TV shows like Doctor Who. There's so many other ways that you can explore these phenomena. And Doctor Strange, like, taps their toes in the water on all of them, but doesn't go deep enough to make any of it relevant or enjoyable. Yeah. And and here's the deal. I... I think it was great casting having Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. Oh, it's fantastic casting. I don't think the casting was the problem. I don't think the visuals were the problem. It was visually stunning. It reminded me a lot of Inception. I think it was the writing. Yeah. I feel like it was the storytelling and the direction that they took the story that ended up hurting it because it's technically an origin story about you know mystics and, and the magical arts. And... A lot of it has to do with him as a mortal rather than as somebody that's learning the magical arts. By the time he's finally, you know, gotten the hang of it, it's really, really, really deep into the movie, and we really can't enjoy it all that much because there's not a whole lot of time left. And mm. so that's why I still stand by my belief that Doctor Strange's appearance in Thor Ragnarok is a better story for him than his own movie
1: yeah i will that's, say that's one of have, my
0: that's I, one of my bigger hot takes of the mcu period aside from thinking iron man 2 is the best of the three iron man movies i think doctor strange's appearance in ragnarok is better than his entire mcu film
1: and i will say i can appreciate doctor strange to a point because it introduces the character for one and it gives us the great appearance in Thor Ragnarok it also gives him, you know, the, the he's not doesn't, there's no need for setup when you get to the Infinity War. Infinity War, he's amazing. He's one of the best parts of Infinity War, in my opinion. So, gotta appreciate it for that. But the thing is, I don't feel like he needed an origin movie.
0: Really, he could he could have been one of those characters like Spider-Man, that just shows up in somebody else's movie and still makes an impact. He proved
1: that in Ragnarok. I I don't necessarily disagree. I don't necessarily agree. I think, I think regardless, I think the Doctor Strange movie could have been done better. I think he's too complicated of a character to just show up like Spider-Man. Because there's been... Spider-Man had the... He was established in several films prior. You had so many different origin films. And, you know, Spider-Man, you had Spider-Man Trilogy, Raimi Raimi Trilogy, you had Amazing Spider-Man. People know Spider-Man. People really don't know Doctor Strange. So I think, for better or worse, you needed that first movie to introduce him.
0: Well, then I'll switch gears and use Black Panther as an example. Black Panther showed up in Civil War and then got his own movie.
1: Yeah, I think that works. That definitely Doctor works.
0: Strange, Doctor Strange got his own movie and then showed up in Ragnarok and Infinity War. I feel like the, the 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 roles there could have been reversed. Possibly. I feel like you could have had him show up in something like Ragnarok and then send him on his adventure on an adventure as a master of the mystical arts. I don't know if we needed necessarily an origin, maybe a adventure movie with some flashbacks that explains he had an accident, he had to learn how to cope with these things, but I feel like his adjustment to the mystical arts could have been explained in a series of flashbacks while living in the present. And hmm. doing an entire movie dedicated to his exploration of these things, and and tapping and touching and dipping his toes in all of these things, but not actually delving into anything. That's what was disappointing to me. I vividly remember looking at time travel, looking at the multiverse theory, looking at string theory. There were all these different things that people have speculated and had discussion boards full on before. And they like used subtle nuances of all of them and explored none of them. And I think that was the thing that was most disappointing was there was a lot of potential to choose a lane and go down it. And they didn't go down any of them because it's an origin story.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's pretty bland as an origin story. I will agree with that. I think it, it definitely kind of goes the same beats and maybe takes a bit too long. Whereas I think Captain Marvel subverted that whole scenario. Captain Captain
0: Marvel was living in the present and experiencing flashbacks. Right. Whereas- she proved that that was a way you could develop an origin of a character without having to spend too much time delving into their past.
1: Right. right. Whereas Strange really leaned into, like, we're going to do a traditional origin story. There was nothing about his story that was surprising. No,
0: not really. And uh, Tilda Swinton was a really interesting casting choice too.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that too. I yeah. was
0: I was I was surprised and I thought I'd be pleasantly surprised because I loved her as the white witch in The Chronicles of Narnia. But I didn't really care for her in this one either. I I don't I don't really know how else to put it.
1: Yeah. I hear you. It was
0: i it, it was an okay movie. I think I've got it ranked. Fifteen out of twenty one. Hmm. I've got it ahead of the Dark World. <laughs> I've got it fair. ahead of the Hulk and Iron Man three. But I don't have it ahead of something like the first Avenger or Iron Man. It's it's yeah. just it's it's very middle of the road for me. Well,
1: I'm curious where this next one ranks for you. Number six. Number six.
0: Number six, just outside the top five, but still a really fun film.
1: See, I uh, haven't been working on my top five too well, but I think it ranks pretty high for me, too. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is a great movie. I, I, was, I just watched it the other day. It's
0: great. I was so nervous about this movie, too, because sequels are never as good as the originals. And I don't feel like this one was as good as the original. I don't think so either. But it was still good. It was great. It was a really, really good MCU movie. It was a really good follow-up to the adventures that they'd been on before. Everybody was still in their proper character. They added new characters really well. They added new music that I really enjoyed. I mean, the Electric Light Orchestra. Come on, that's a classic. I was so happy to hear that. Mm-hmm. One thing I was bummed about was the fact that Fox on the Run by Sweet was played during the trailers but wasn't played during the movie.
1: That was disappointing.
0: I was really expecting to hear it at some point because we heard Hooked on a Feeling in the trailer for the first one and then actually heard it in the movie as well. I thought that was going to be a trend. Now I don't know what to think. But if that's my biggest gripe about this movie, I don't really have a whole lot of gripes. Yeah. I, I totally get it. I I enjoyed Kurt Russell I enjoyed the parallels between his story and Brandy by Looking Glass. Like they're actually using the music to help with their storytelling. That was they're not great. just they're not just using it because it's a good song. They're using it because it's actually helping advance the plot of the movie, and that's just so creative.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it that whole the, I think he did even a better job in Volume Two of. Making the music a part of the movie and a part of the plot, yeah,
0: made it relevant. And the idea that family can be in all shapes and sizes—you know, you could have mm-hmm. an adopted sister like Nebula and Gamora. You could have uh, foster parenting by taking on Mantis or whatever. You know, you could have uh, the 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 bromance that's going on between. Uh, Peter and Drax, whatever. You know, everybody's got some sort of connection and everybody's kind of like parenting group by committee, if you will. Uh-huh. And so this idea of family is what you make it, Yondu being Peter's real dad, quote unquote.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like there were just so many great... Family storylines that were interwoven in this as well. It just made for a really fun movie,
1: and the whole idea of you know wanting something, you know, trying looking for something your whole life, and then it, the whole quote from you know Star Lord at the end saying yeah. you know, that, that the whole the things you you you're, you're searching for something your whole life and you realize it has been right next to you the entire time. Like and that the, is so oh man, it just heart wrenching. Well, it's a classic storyline too. Like it, it's a story that's been told
0: in, you know, love stories and stuff like that for years. The idea oh, yeah. of of searching and searching and searching and it was right under your nose the whole time. And yet it was cleverly twisted and rewritten and restructured in a way that we'd never really seen before. It was very
1: clever and I mm-hmm. liked it a lot. Oh yeah. Love love this movie. It's one of my favorites. L-D-M-C-U. I think I think it might make my top five, maybe.
0: I'm I'm curious what that five's gonna be. We gotta we gotta finish these up so I can actually hear what those five are.
1: <laughs> I gotta actually start working on my top five.
0: <laughs> well, I mean you got like six movies to do it with. Five now. One, two, three, four, yeah, five movies. No, six. Holy crap. Are we ever gonna be finished with this?
1: No. Obviously. This is gonna be an all nighter. <laughs> One, two,
0: three, four, five. Six more movies. Okay. We've discussed this movie on the podcast before. I know for a fact that we've reviewed this movie in its entirety. Pretty sure every movie from here on out is one that we've done a specific episode for. Guaranteed. Uh, If you want to hear our full thoughts, then just go look through our library feed on ipcpodcast.podbean.com to hear our thoughts on Guardians Volume 2 and everything else that we're about to give our little brief synopsis thoughts on. Number one next up being Spider-Man Homecoming. I... Look, I... I really liked that we didn't have another Spider-Man origin story. Yep, exactly. This this was a Spider-Man adventure story. And even though their fairy scene is not going to top the fairy scene from The Dark Knight... I did enjoy the twist of Michael Keaton being the father figure that he shows up to the date for.
1: Oh, that was so good, that scene, man. It was
0: like a collective gasp in the room, which was awesome. You know, he he's already nervous, and he's already kind of preoccupied, and he's already thinking about, you know, how am I going to defeat this guy and is also thinking about how am i going to get through this dance and it's like everything kind of comes to a head when you see michael keaton's character open the door and you're just like wait a second wait 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 what are you doing here that like yeah mm. that
1: was that was just an incredible thing and that whole the whole car ride scene and Ugh. they're in the car, and he's trying to f- put all the pieces together. It is so magnificent, tense.
0: so tense. You could cut
1: the tension with a butter knife. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is that, that 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 makes that movie. It totally that that the relationship between those characters, and just the whole thing. It's it, Michael Keaton is the best, and mm. Tom Holland is fantastic. Like it, just the whole. That movie, I love that movie so much.
0: I mean, he's absolutely deserving of his own movie, but I think it's really funny that Michael Keaton played Batman, <laughs> and then in the Dark Knight, they say you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain.
1: Yep, that's
0: pretty much what Michael Keaton did.
1: Exactly,
0: which is pretty cool. Not gonna <laughs> love lie, it. I it's love pretty it. badass. <laughs> All right, on to another movie that we have done a full fledged discussion on. And uh, honestly, probably one of the most fun podcast episodes we've ever done. Because Yum. of how fun this movie was. I don't know if I can come up with any other word to describe this movie other than fun. It was fun to watch, it was fun to experience. It was fun to re-watch. I mean, there's some great action, great comedic timing, great pacing, great characters. There's just so much to enjoy about Ragnarok that it's just night and day compared to the stuff that we saw from Thor and The Dark World. Ragnarok is just visually different. You look at the posters. There's a lot of hints of, of blue and gray in his first two posters. The third one, it's like a lot of green and gold and blue and things like that. And it just shows the
1: contrast
0: of, of how different this movie is compared to the other
1: ones that he's been part of. He, This movie is just a, such a breath of fresh air for the character. Such a... It's exactly what he needed at the right time. Thor, mm-hmm. I think, Grew stale as a character. Those first two Thor movies were fun at times, but they were just there was just they were looking back on them, especially after Ragnarok. They're so bland, and yeah. I think this was exactly what he needed, especially going into Infinity War. Made his whole character arc just so well done, and the characters they introduced. And you're you're basically starting over. It's all out in space. Almost none of it is on Earth. You have Loki, and, you know, you know, they literally, like, all the the Warriors 3 and all those guys, they get killed, like, in the first five minutes of it, and then the rest of it is new characters. You got Kord, you got Hela, you got, you know, Valkyrie, like, such great characters. And, you know, it, it, it and I can't, like, I'm begging for Thor 4 now. And then after watching the Dark World, I'm like, nah, I'm good. No more Thor movies, that's fine, Just just mm-hmm. leave it. And then this one comes along, I'm like... More, please, give me more.
0: I think the credit there goes to Taika Waititi.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I want him back. That yes. and Jeff Goldblum. Both of those,
0: yes. Goldblum! <laughs> I also I also made a promise uh, to myself and to my buddy George earlier in the episode that when we finally got around to discussing this, we would also bid a fond farewell to Anthony Hopkins' character, Odin. Yes. Because as, as much as we enjoy some of these newer, younger characters, to have a classically trained actor like Anthony Hopkins playing such a majestic role, his farewell in this movie is beautiful.
1: It It's, I mean, as someone who, like, wasn't that invested in his character, or the really these movies that much, like that's a an emotional scene. Like, you hate to see him go.
0: But it's also really cool that he gets to say goodbye to both of his sons. You that's know, they're, right. they're both there. They're both paying their respects. Neither of them are feuding with one another at this moment. Like, if there was ever a peaceful time for this type of death to occur, it would be right then and there. Mm-hmm. And then it also sparks the return of Hela. So not only are you saying goodbye to one character, but you're saying hello to another character. One that poses a imminent and legitimate threat to your home world. And anytime your home is threatened, you want to do everything you can to protect it. It also led to some really great sequences in trying to defend Asgard as well. Right. You know, you're you're not just trying to get out of prison, but you're fighting to get to another fight. And every one of those fight sequences was just so well choreographed. And then even had some heartwarming, heart wrenching moments. Da 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 da. But then, just when you think you're getting ready for like a happily ever after type moment, Korg's like, "Oh, he's dead." Just very casually, nonchalantly, "Oh, he's dead." I've just been carrying him around because I felt guilty that I killed him. I was like, what? 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 So it's it's not just a great action movie. It's got some heartwarming moments to it. It's got some romance to it. It's got some comedy to it. It's probably one of the better all-around superhero movies in the MCU.
1: It absolutely is, and... It's just as I said. It's it's a it's a bucking of the trend, and for everyone that says all Marvel movies are the same, there's the Ragnarok. It's totally different. It's totally off in this direction. It's 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 giving, and it's funny how going into it, I was worried it would be too much like Guardians of the Galaxy. It was too much like, but it really isn't. It's its, its own thing. I think. I think it does good of having its own voice, but also doing to the MCU, what Guardians of the Galaxy did with trying to be colorful and different and funny and brilliant at the same time and still have a sense of drama and weight and emotion and and about characters and family and, you know, Thor is, is trying to save his world and also dealing with the fact that he's finding all this stuff out about his father and terrible things that he did and like, there's so much work at You, to say that it's some kind of you know, stupid comedy would be a disservice to this movie because it's it's way more than that.
0: Oh, no, it absolutely is. And what's interesting is, even though it does stand apart from the Guardians, it was also kind of cool how well their teaming up made sense come mm-hmm. Infinity War.
1: Mm-hmm, exactly.
0: Like, they gelled pretty well together. They had good on-screen chemistry, and it led to... Some really cool sequences in Infinity War, and so I I can totally see why the chat forums and social media and stuff were trying to get Taika Waititi to direct Guardians Three, because I think if James Gunn wasn't doing it, he'd be my only option to to pick up that mantle.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm like, even with James Gunn back, I'm thinking like, okay, Thor Three. And Guardians 3 need to be the same movie. They just mesh them together. Thor 3 to...
0: or Thor 4? Are we just retconning the dark world that doesn't exist now?
1: Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> Thor, the one that comes after Ragnarok, um, that needs to be the same. You need to have Thor with the Guardians. I think they work so well together. I think we need to have more of that. I agree. I I love and Korg and Valkyrie and just throw in the Grandmaster too, and they're all all in an adventure together.
0: Dude, I'm on board with that because I love the Grandmaster. I love Jeff Goldblum.
1: We'll see like what happened to him after like he got overthrown, and then like I can imagine like he just he just ends up with them as somehow like he's got nowhere to go. Like so they, 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 give,
0: they give him a ship, and he escapes, and he's got nowhere to go, nothing to do, so he might as well just join their team of misfits. Exactly. Dude, I'm so on board with that. Can you imagine Jeff Goldblum playing off of Chris Hemsworth for an and entire Chris, movie?
1: And Chris Pratt, and all the other ones.
0: And Zoe Saldana, and Dave Bautista. Do it, I, Marvel. Do it.
1: I need
0: a conversation between Drax and the Grandmaster in
1: my life. Exactly. frickin' <sighs> okay. I Okay. Well, I just wrote Phase 4 for Marvel. Yeah. You're, thank you very much. You're pretty, welcome.
0: Pretty much. Send the royalties to P.O. Box, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about breaths of fresh air and movies that are a complete contrast and difference from anything else that we've seen in the MCU up to this point. And I don't think, aside from Ragnarok, I don't think there is a movie out there that could be described like that other than Black Panther.
1: It's funny how we have these back-to-back and I think both of these films are game-changers for the MCU. Game-changers for for films in particular. Oh, absolutely. I think... That, I think Black Panther especially, I think for the MCU, you know, Thor Ragnarok, you know, kind of throws a breath of fresh air with comedy and with just kind of mixing things up. Black Panther is a breath of fresh air because of its diversity. It's the fact that it's, you know, it goes from, yes, you know, let's face it, most of the MCU has been white dudes. Yep. And... Black Panther turns all that on its head, and there's only one white dude in this one. <laughs> you, got your yeah. Tolkien, you got your Tolkien white guy.
0: <laughs> your Tolkien white guy, because yep. it's played by Andy
1: Serkis. And, uh, and... Oh, and Martin Freeman. And so you got two Tolkien white guys.
0: You got two Tolkien white guys, because it was, uh, it's Gollum and Bilbo Baggins. Yep. That's hilarious. Love uh, it. The, the other thing is, it's just got a really solid story as well.
1: It It is. It is great. Like, it's... Far from my favorite. Spoiler alert, it's not making it to my top five tonight. It's not. It's not even in my top ten. No, it's not. It's not my favorite. It's not overall as an MCU film, as just as a film itself. I don't regard it as too high, but I think of course the cultural impact. And it's a it's a yes. It's a fun, good movie. I remember like one of the best one of the best theater experiences I've ever had in my life outside of a Star Wars film, what's watching this movie with a packed crowd. It was amazing. It was a whole lot of fun, and watching this movie is a ton, a ton of fun, and it's a, it's, it's, it's just, and it embodies like the MCU. A lot of heart, a lot of humor, a lot of great action, um, and again, the cultural impact of having a you know ninety nine percent black cast, and you know, inner, and doing the world building that it does. It does this. It does even. It's like the most world-building we've seen in an MCU movie, but it's doing it completely on Earth. Like, it's introducing this whole society, this whole country that has been there all this time. But we didn't know it. And a I, I really impressive job by Ryan Coogler and all those guys for introducing this whole another culture that will ultimately, like, play it for, in the next movie, literally, Infinity War, is the stage in which we see the final battle take place between Thanos. Like, it's crazy.
0: No, it's, that's very true. And the other thing that I found interesting about this movie is it, it pits family against family, culture against culture. The fighting happens in Wakanda for control of Wakanda. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, that final fight sequence embodied the idea of civil war better than Captain America's civil war did.
1: <laughs> you're, you're You're not wrong.
0: I mean, I'm just I'm just gonna kind of throw that out there. I'm not necessarily calling that a hot take, but I just kind of find it ironic that they gave it that title of civil war, and then they actually have a civil war in the movie Black Panther.
1: Very true. Very it, true. It
0: is what it is. But <laughs> um, I don't I don't think we can we can let Black Panther or Infinity War go by without acknowledging Wakanda's. Uh, references and homages to a certain Star Wars episode.
1: No, we cannot. I mean,
0: come on. How much closer do you have to be to to recognize that those shields they use defending Wakanda are almost exactly the same shields the Gungans use in The Phantom Menace? I'm telling you, they... They... They, they were able to see that and take that technology and make it a reality. They watched that movie back in 2001, and they thought, that's cool. How can we do that? 17 years later, they're defending the Earth using Gungan
1: technology. I, it, I, they had to. I mean, I think it's either a big coincidence or the Russo brothers were like watching The Phantom Menace 1-9 going, that's a really great idea. Well,
0: and since they're under the same umbrella now, you can't really get sued for copyright infringement
1: or anything like that. (laughs) I guess not. Plus, yeah, they're in they're you know yeah same company, so you know don't really have to worry about that. They can steal from each other.
0: Well, and I have a feeling that they're going to. This isn't the last time we're going to see something like that. And you know, going back to Civil War, that reference of the Empire Strikes Back, you know, it, it it's going to be a thing. You know it's just it's just going to be a thing because Civil War came out in 2016 and The Force Awakens came out in 2015 so by then Star Wars had kind of made its way back into pop culture again uh, it made a resurgence if you will and so with that you're going to have a resurgence of Star Wars references and homages it's just going to happen and I'm glad that it happened in Infinity War but there were a lot of other things that happened in Infinity War as well like, holy crap, you had like thirty title actors, like people that had starred and co-starred in all these other movies. You're bringing them all together into what is quite possibly the biggest ensemble cast in movie history.
1: You're and It's not like they didn't get every actor from every affer- aforementioned movie, but they got an, they got at least one actor, if not several actors, from every single movie that we mentioned tonight and put yep. them in one movie. That's yep. amazing.
0: Probably never been done before. I mean I, I, I dare say that there's there's never been something that actually brings that many people together into one film and gives them that much
1: screen time. Well it's like Star Wars, it's like this forty year saga that goes for, through many movies, like but it's like a generational thing. Like you have a few characters and they carry over to the next one and the next one and then you know you're you know with the rise of skywalker you're you'll have like you know you're on the fourth generation of people like there's not the same actors and characters whereas this is 11 years later and they they still are dealing with the same you know characters
0: and they're still dealing with the same issues too it's yeah. it's the same big bad villain that's been in the works since what the first avengers movie is that when he first shows up
1: yeah, i believe yeah that's, that's Thanos is like the, that tail end tease, and that's it.
0: And so he's there in 2012 and then doesn't even show up on Earth until 2018. And you've got 5, 9, 10, 11, 12 movies that happen between that cameo in Avengers and his appearance in Infinity War. Like, there's just so much buildup, and there's so much drama and there's so much gravitas to what's going on that you just cry, man, after being so emotionally invested in this franchise for the better part of a decade, you see all of this start to unravel and you just start to kind of fall apart a little bit. At least I'm I tellin-
1: did. I'm telling you. Yeah, it's 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 going to be... An emotional roller coaster, and I'm I'm already seeing the reviews in game, and like, man, bring tissues.
0: We're in, yeah, we're in for another emotional roller coaster, apparently. But <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna talk about the early reviews. I'm not really gonna speculate on end-game, We are here to pay our respects to everything else that has transpired, and I, we've we've had entire discussions on Infinity War. We had oh, the yeah, we had the Infinity War review, and then we had what we called Infinity Pod after that and it was a great roundtable discussion and we're looking to have another roundtable discussion here on channel 1138 talking about endgame obviously it's going to be on the forefront of everybody's minds the tip of everybody's tongues it's just been the pop culture thing for the last year now it's been the hub of conversations it's been the talk of relevant memes there have been clips that people have been trying to share or that they have pulled from Infinity War and are applying it to something like Celine Dion. Like I mean, every possible thing you could think of. I recently found a video of everybody that ever died in the MCU, including the Snap in Infinity War. All of their deaths to the tune of Kansas's Dust in the Wind. Yeah. Like, it's just all over. You can't escape it. But the interesting thing is, it doesn't seem like anybody wants to. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I guess you. Like, they're just enjoying this franchise so incredibly much that they're okay with how much it's overpowering their lives. I'm okay with it. I'm not (laughs) trying to make any kind of political or social commentary on it. But, you know, if there was ever a time for the president to do something illegal, it would be Thursday.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying oh,
0: the world is going to come to a standstill and social media is going to be exploding talking about this movie. If there was ever a time for some other neopolitical bombshell to drop, it would be this Thursday and Friday.
1: Oh, World War Three just started. I don't care. Watch
0: an endgame. Exactly. Exactly. The actual endgame could be happening right outside our doors, and people are still just waiting in line for the next showing of
1: Guys, the movie endgame. Guys, look end down the street. Literally, Thanos just dropped through a portal. He's real. He's right there. Nah, sorry, dude. I'm going to go watch endgame.
0: I'm going to go watch the movie. Don't interrupt me. Bye, Felicia
1: for real though
0: this this world man that's as political as i'm gonna get and you know that it's getting late if i'm getting political so let's wrap up this discussion we still have two more movies and then we'll talk a little bit about the movies that we're still expecting endgame and far from home and some of the other stuff ant-man and the wasp i i don't have a lot to say about the ant-man franchise i i know you said you enjoyed it more than the original ant-man i still didn't enjoy it that much
1: we talked about it at length. If you want to hear our thoughts, go check that episode out. It's on the feed. Um, I liked it. You know, it's not my favorite out of the bunch, but I think it did a lot right, and I think it was better than I expected. I went in very low expectations, but I think ultimately it could have been bad, but it really wasn't. I think it was a step up, and it, and mark my words, you will want to have it fresh in your memory for Endgame. Just going to throw it out there. I...
0: Uh, I don't I don't know if I want to. <laughs> at
1: least at least watch the at least watch the post credit scene, which okay, by the way That's my argument right there. Marvel Marvel posted all and I do mean all of the Marvel post credit scenes on Twitter, on the Marvel Studios Twitter feed. Um so you wanna catch up and you wanna get all the teases because you know you know we're we're coming up on a lot of them being paid off in the next movie. Um yeah, go check that nose out.
0: That's my gripe about that movie though. Is you could have shown me, like, maybe a half hour of some of his antics of, you know, sneaking out of the house and getting back just in time for them to inspect it and find out he's still got the ankle bracelet on. Like, it's the classic game of cat and mouse that we've seen in something... It, it looked like something straight out of a Robin Williams movie or something like that. <laughs> like, you could have given me 20 to 30 minutes of that and then show me the post credit scene, and that would have been all I needed. Like, to to get the context of what happens in this movie... You don't need a full-fledged movie. You just need a few particular choice scenes and they need to be clipped and cut in a particular way and then you show me the post credit scene at the very end of that and it's like, okay, bye-bye.
1: What happened to the the Marvel one-shots? Can't we have more of those?
0: I don't know, man. I really don't know. Speaking of Marvel, though, Captain
1: Marvel, that Captain is. Captain Marvel. I feel like... It feels like just yesterday we were talking about this. Oh, yeah, we just Eh, talked about this. Might might as well have
0: been. And uh, for those of you that want to hear that full discussion, again, ipcpodcast.podbean.com. In short, Ben Mendelsohn stole the show. Mm -hmm. And probably the best origin story we've gotten in the MCU.
1: I completely agree with both of those things. Also... I, I can't wait to see more. I, I honestly, I can't wait to see Brie Larson in, uh, you know, bouncing off of these new characters in Endgame, and uh, I think she killed it. And I think, I think she's going to do really well in the rest of the MCU. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more of all those characters. Honestly, I would love to see, especially um, Talos, Ben Mendelsohn, come back. Want I, more of him? For I sure. want to
0: I want to see him come back, and I want to see Lieutenant Trouble all grown up.
1: A frickin' exactly, yes, bring her back.
0: But uh, I don't know if we're going to get that, you know, but it, the, the timing is right for it, though. You know, like, she could be a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent by now or something.
1: You, you never know. It, like, you what, never the, know. Like, she grew up in the 90s. She could have easily grown up, become a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, gone through whatever happened with her and, and Hydra, and then who knows what, how, where her fate was.
0: I'm curious also to see what Larson's chemistry is going to be with uh, Chris Hemsworth, because that's kind of been like the big tease up to this point. Is like these two really strong, really powerful characters are going to be like sizing each other up more or less.
1: And everyone on the internet wants them to kiss. I guess that's what people on the internet do.
0: Not me. I'm 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 still on the Thor Valkyrie train. But I'd, I may be. I
1: would agree with you. I would agree with you. I'm although I'm not. I'm not sure Valkyrie's going to be into Thor. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I think he's more of
0: an acquired taste to her, and she's slowly acquiring it.
1: It's possible. It's very possible.
0: I guess we'll find out, because in one of the international posters, they actually showed Valkyrie, so it's pretty safe to think that Tessa Thompson's going to be showing up in this movie.
1: Yeah, there's also a TV spot out there with her in it. So oh, is there? I haven't yeah. seen that one yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it really excited me because I, I wasn't sure that she was going to be in it. And then they like showed her, and I'm like, oh, she is in this one. I'm intrigued. Well, okay, that
0: that makes me hopeful. Then I'm I'm more excited about that.
1: That's not a spoiler because it was in a TV spot. If I'm it's not in spoiling a TV anything. spot,
0: then it's free reign. I agree. Exactly. I agree. Um... The other one that we're expecting this July, near the 4th of July weekend, Spider-Man Far From Home. And then there's a lot of other movies out there that are still kind of to be determined. Uh, Shang-Chi, the Black Widow movie, is going to be getting its filming soon. Uh, We're also getting The Eternals. We're getting a Doctor Strange sequel, which I really am not excited about. We're getting a Black Panther sequel, which I'm probably more excited about. We're also getting Blade and... Once the Suicide Squad is done, somewhere in the 2022-2023 region, we'll finally end up getting Guardians Volume 3.
1: Written and directed by James Gunn, hell yes. Oh, yeah. Very excited for that. I mean,
0: that's probably the one that I'm most excited for. I'm excited to see a Black Widow origin story, if that's what they do. If it's just an adventure story, I'd be okay with that as well. But out of all of these that are, like, still... TBD or TBA, whatever you want to call it, um, I'm probably most excited for Guardians Three.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not sure about the Black Widow movie. Shang Chi is supposed to be the master of kung fu. I don't know his whole story, but I'm interested in that. And just being getting an Asian, um, you know, an Asian lead in a Marvel movie—that's going to be cool. Um, Eternals—no idea what that is. So I have no really reason to get excited about it, right. but we'll, we'll see. I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be great. Honestly, I, I've, I've, you know, that's the thing with MCU. Like I'm willing to give it a shot and most of the time my, you know, my attention is paid off. So it's going to be a great, you know, phase four, phase five. It's coming very soon.
0: Is that what they're going to call it? Or are they going to start like a new saga?
1: I would. I think phase the phases are kind of like this in studio term that they use like for production wise. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I know they've called everything up until you know Endgame, the Infinity Saga, and who knows what the next one is going to be. I guess they'll start you know teasing that maybe in. Far from home, or something. I don't know.
0: Do they really think they're going to be able to do an entire new saga with like twenty something odd new films that are centered around a new storyline?
1: I I mean, I'm assuming they're going to be leading up to, I don't know. S. As... Uh, wow. Doctor Doom. I don't know who I don't know who the next villain's going to be. Like, I'm assuming there's going to be another villain that's going to present a similar threat, if not bigger threat than Thanos.
0: Well, I mean, you've got the X Men under your wing now. You might be able right. to tap into something from that. Maybe. You've got That to... would be that would be interesting. If you could introduce them in this new saga,
1: I think that would be really cool. You gotta think, you know, they they they're saying that they're not that it's gonna be a while before they work the X Men in it. Well I think... yeah,
0: but if this is what they've got, if this is the stuff that's already kind of in the works. Let's say two movies a year, and that's being generous. They're, they're kind of in the two to three range. Mm-hmm. So we've already got the 2019 slate taken care of. So then we're looking at two of them in 2020. Let's say three in 2021, and then these other two in 2022. Uh, we're looking at 23 or 24. That's a, that's a solid four or five years before mm-hmm. they try and bring anything in.
1: I think I think we'll start seeing them seated. I think we'll see start seeing references. People will start saying mutants. I think that was they were they weren't allowed to say mutants for a long time. Now they can. Mm-hmm. I think people you'll hear a mutant's name dropped. You'll you'll hear maybe, you know, a thing maybe a a Wolverine cameo here or there, maybe a Deadpool cameo, and then we'll eventually get them. I think they're gonna they're gonna take their time just as they've done with everything else. They don't rush into things, they're gonna take their time Setting things up and maybe by Avengers five we'll get something.
0: Who knows? I I'm I'm just here for the Wolverine cameo. I
1: phew heck yeah.
0: I I really am. <sighs> did we really just do that? We did it. Two and a half hours later, but geez Louise. We did it. Twenty one, twenty two movies and then talking about some of the new ones as well. This is easily the most movies we have touched base on in one episode.
1: It it's crazy impressive that we uh, we managed to pull this off. We I ain't think, done yet though. <laughs> uh,
0: we need we need to take a breather before we get into our next segment though. Uh, so how about we let somebody else do the talking for a little bit?
1: Absolutely.
0: So this is one that kind of goes all the way back to the, uh, the very first movie of the night. Uh, the post credit scene from the very first movie that we talked about tonight, Iron Man. And it kind of kicks off this Avengers idea, this Avenger initiative. And, uh, you know, he's announced that he's Iron Man, but now What? And uh, he, he gets a little taste of the possible now what factors when he meets one Nicholas J. Fury. So, ladies and gents, I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to let them start talking. It's tonight's Quote of the Night.
1: Jarvis, Welcome home,
0: I am Iron. You think you're the only superhero in the world? Mr. Stark, you become part of a bigger universe. You just don't know it yet. Who the hell are you? Nick Fury, director of S.H.I.E.L.D. Huh. I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative.
1: I love how he says something along the lines of, you're part of a bigger universe. Like, literally acknowledging that... This is the beginning of something much larger, well, literally. I mean he's
0: I feel like he's not just saying that to Iron Man. he's saying that to the viewers as well. oh, he's
1: absolutely talking to the audience, like he's literally looking at the- he's looking at the camera like yep. Sam Jackson is like <laughs> what's funny is I think they were trying to keep it a secret, so like I heard that they to get Sam Jackson on set, they had to like get him in a limo and drive him onto the set and then get out and do the scene. I think it's still leaked, but whatever. <laughs> but they're they were trying to like hide the fact that like, okay, this is setting up something but ultimately it you know, it's still, you know, this is a post mid credits, post credits scene. Like, you know, and it, as I said before, it's it's the ground it's, this is the foundation that everything is built on. Because you have Iron Man just as a movie. But you have this scene which establishes that Yeah, Nick Fury is out there, and yeah, this is the same Nick Fury that's seen Captain Marvel, that's seen Captain America, that's been through all this kind of stuff, and he's coming in, and Iron Man's coming in like, oh, yeah, I'm a superhero now, and and Nick Fury is not impressed at all. He's like, dude, you have no idea what you're getting yourself into.
0: Well, he, he starts to learn a little bit, though. Over time, I think he really does realize what a big world it is and what a big universe it is. And,
1: and he as, had no idea just a few years later he'd be uh, fighting a giant purple man with, I, with a bunch of stones on his prob-
0: hands. Probably not, but, again, that is just a testament to the great storytelling in, in the MCU. Absolutely. It really is. And part of why I'm so excited for Endgame and... So excited to talk about it here on the show. And probably
1: like, by the time people are listening to this, we will have seen the movie. And yeah, they, hopefully. Time
0: travel. Time travel is kind of a trippy thing, isn't it?
1: Crazy. Yeah, crazy, right? Wow. I
0: got. I got. I got tickets for the Thursday night showing at nine o'clock. And it's like a three-hour movie. So after the previews are all said and done, which. I just now realized we're probably going to see the rise of Skywalker teaser before this.
1: Yes, you're going to you're going to get Aladdin, oh. you're going to get uh, Rise of Skywalker, you're going to get what else? Maybe Lion King? Lion King, there you go.
0: Oh yeah. It's going to be great. It's
1: going to be great. I, I love movies like this when you get like really good previews. Oh, it's going to be so good.
0: Yes. So we're going to get all those for like a half an hour and then the 3-hour movie. I'm not going to be done till after like 12:30 a.m. or something. And then later that night, my sister and I are going on a road trip.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to, like, take an hour, hour and a half power nap, and then we're hitting the road.
1: Oh, dang. Okay, so consider this. We've been on this podcast for – we've been live for two hours and 43 minutes, and we're not done yet. And we were on even before that. So – All said and done, this will be about three hours. Consider this your preparation for then.
0: (sighs) It's going to be a marathon, that's for sure. (laughs) I'm bringing bringing Altoids to, like, keep my mouth awake, and I'm sitting in one of those reclining leather chairs like when we were seeing The Last Jedi.
1: Oh, that could be dangerous, though.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to have to, like, prop it a little bit, and I'm using my... Uh, AMC Stubbs Premier membership to get a large soda for the price of a medium.
1: Oh, just don't drink too much.
0: I'm not going to drink too much, but I'm definitely getting something caffeinated. I've got to stay awake for three hours. Or,
1: or, or, or bring a diaper and, and some tissues.
0: Uh, an adult pull-up? I hear those exist.
1: I mean, I, you know, no judgment for me. I mean, you got to go, you got to go, and you got to watch the movie. So I I, I
0: paid... ...for this movie, you know? Uh-huh. I'm, I'm seeing the entire thing... ...considering how much I paid for it.
1: You waited 11 years for this. I really did.
0: I really did. So, yeah, I'm... I'm excited, but... I... I'm, I'm just hoping that I don't have my hopes up too high. Because I don't want to be let down, you know?
1: I feel like... I feel like... And I joked about this on Twitter... Going to Celebration made me completely forget this movie existed. <laughs> All the Star Wars news, just being immersed in it. So I was really up high on this movie, and now I've been kind of brought down. So I'm hoping that'll help me going in, that I won't go in with too high expectations that I can think. Because me and expectations, can I can ruin myself on movies if I go in with too high expectations. So I'm hoping I can just go in, enjoy it. Um, not drink anything for, like, two days straight or eat anything, and then I can go in and enjoy it.
0: Uh, I don't know if I can go on a fast. I definitely have to go on a social media fast because I don't want to get spoiled for anything. I almost got spoiled the other day, and I was able to escape it just in the nick of time. I was actually following the Game of Thrones hashtag on Twitter to, like, see people's memes and reactions and stuff to what happened in the last episode. And then this video started playing, and I saw, like, these sparkles. And I was like, ooh, that's pretty. And then, like, it turned, and I saw, like, the gauntlet. And I was like, oh, shoot. I got it. Gotta... And I, like, hit the back button. Back, 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 oh. back. I just, I, I could not do that. I was like, I've made it this far. I, I can't do this now. I just, Ah. Uh... So, yeah, probably, like, starting tomorrow, tomorrow night, I'm going to have to go on, like, a social media fast and be like, okay, world, you're not seeing me until after I see the movie. So long.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of in the same way. Or you just had to go through, like, a mute a bunch of words on Twitter to make sure nobody does anything stupid.
0: Well, but that's the stupid thing is this Infinity War spoiler video that somebody posted was attached to the Game of Thrones hashtag.
1: The worst, the worst thing, the worst thing that I've experienced is if you go on YouTube and people will like post like entire scenes, and they'll title it with like what happens in the scene. It's terrible. Oh man. So yeah, watch out for that. I I would suggest being very careful. If not, just just stay offline. Yeah, like it, it'll it'll be worth it. Honestly, just just take a break from social media. Delete the Twitter app or the Facebook app or whatever. Twitter, I think, is worse. For me, at least, um, you can control Facebook better, but Twitter is just off the rail sometimes. So, yeah, just just take a break because you're you you've waited this long. Don't ruin it for yourself.
0: Well, I think that's a good good advice to give to everybody. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you're chastising me just a little bit, and I'm like, no, oh, no, I'm talking on. to
1: every I'm talking to everybody, including <laughs> myself, because <laughs> I, I should be I you're should be doing me that. out. No, no, definitely not. Don't take it the wrong way because <laughs> I'm, I I am. I'm am, I am the idiot that will keep going scrolling through Twitter until I see something and then I'll hate myself for the rest of the week. So this is as much about me as it is about you. Uh
0: well, then let's not make it about either of us and make yeah. it about this uh, this thing that we may or may not have promised to people that stuck with us for 2 hours and 40 something odd minutes.
1: <laughs> yes, let's let's get's get, going get to move on.
0: Are are you in a place where we can actually talk about our rankings a little bit?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I, I'm, I'm done. I got it.
0: Okay, you've got yours. Okay, I was going to do, like, a countdown of, like, 21 through 6 while you tried to come up with your 5. But if you got your 5, let's just go into I'm
1: it. I'm way more coordinated than I normally am. So, yes, I'm ready. I wasn't trying to imply that. <laughs> I just
0: know that sometimes you need stall tactics, and I was prepared to stall.
1: Now, sometimes even when we do an official top 5 episodes, I'm like, oh, I should have done that. I'm sorry. We got the thing. <laughs> I didn't do my top five. So, no, no. I am totally have a reputation.
0: Well, okay. Here is our top five MCU movies for you guys then. The ones that have uh, made it over two and a half hours to get to this point. We're going to reward you with, like, a special edition top five. Uh, for me, my number five MCU movie, as I mentioned, there's a lot of – phase three movies in here and this is a phase three it's the one that actually kicks off phase three i believe captain america civil war
1: nice nice um we're just gonna go back and forth real quick yeah yeah just just all right briefly number five for me is the avengers the original avengers
0: the 2012 avengers the one that kick-started everything
1: the one that should have a subtitle but it doesn't
0: yeah, it's the only one that doesn't. It had a
1: subtitle overseas. It was Avengers Assemble.
0: See, I like that.
1: That's a good title, I think. They should they should have been on the American release.
0: Avengers colon Assemble.
1: Can we can we do that from now on? We're going to call it Avengers Assemble on this show?
0: If I remember. <laughs> I'm going to try to remember. No promises, but I'll do my best. Uh, I'll, I'll put it into practice right now because my number four is actually... Avengers Assemble.
1: Nice. Nice. It's funny, we swapped, because my number four is Captain America Civil War.
0: (laughs) Oh, man, I wonder if we're going to get any of these to line up, though. Probably? Maybe?
1: maybe. Maybe?
0: I don't know. I feel like number three might be our best bet, but I
1: don't know. Well, Um, well, what, what is your number three?
0: My number three is Ragnarok.
1: Oh, I got Ragnarok as my number three, too.
0: Yes! Ah, we did it. Vir- virtual high
1: five.
0: We did it. We I did just it. high-fived myself. Uh, oh, okay, so it's going to be like Barney Stinson's uh, self-high-five. <laughs> there we go. Boom. Okay, on to the number twos then, I suppose. Yo. Wow, we're making really good time with this because we've already talked about these movies. We don't have to talk about them, so it's just listing them.
1: This is cool. Yeah, this is really good.
0: Uh, number two, um, I've got number two as, uh, Infinity War.
1: Really? Mm Mm-hmm. My number two is Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: So we inverted our twos and our ones then, didn't we? You
1: know what my number one's gonna be.
0: Well, my number one is Guardians of the Galaxy. I will always be hooked on a feeling, my friend.
1: And... It would be my number one if it wasn't for Infinity War. My number one is Infinity War.
0: <laughs> so we inverted our fours and our fives and inverted our twos and our ones and both got number three.
1: Freaking love it.
0: Okay, this is why we've podcasted for almost five years. We're just like on this wavelength where it's like super close but not exact. But close enough that it leads to really awesome conversation.
1: It's – we are – we're very close, except when it comes to the Iron Man movies. We are in completely opposite directions.
0: Apparently. <laughs> apparently. Because uh, when I'm ranking all of them, Iron Man is number 13. Iron Man 2 is 14. And – wait. I need to have those backwards because I said Iron Man 2 is the best of the, of the Iron Man movies. Yep. So Iron Man 2 is 13, Iron Man is 14, and Iron Man 3 is all the way down at 20.
1: (laughs) Ho, 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 wow. Wow. Uh, I I
0: just, I don't care for it. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't. We
1: are aware. Everyone knows now. (laughs) Just, it's like, don't bring up Iron Man 3 around Zack, man. He will rip it to shreds.
0: I will lay into you as if you insulted my mother by talking
1: about that movie. Wow. Man, hair's blowing back again. Let's move on. (laughs) Well,
0: let's move on to a thank you to the people that helped make this show possible in the first place. These two and a half to three hour tangents would not be what they are without the likes of Joey Mays, who actually suggested an MCU recap. Joey, I hope you listened to all two hours and something odd minutes because this was your fault, you son of a gun. (laughs) And then we've also got Jake Damon, Rachel Perry, Dan Grievous, and Parker Ott, who are also proud patrons of the show. Uh, Dan left for work and then got on the bus and tuned in while on the bus to listen to this show. That is super, hella dedicated. And he's like, I am dedicated to both the SWU and the IPC. Which is a really good reminder, if you're looking for just Star Wars content, news, rumors, release dates, casting announcements, and anything else from the Star Wars galaxy, just check out StarWarsUnderworld.com and check out the SWU Podcast, proud partners of the IPC. Nice. If you want to be a patron, where can you do that, Ben?
1: You can find us at patron.podbean.com slash podcast, and that's where you will... Um, be able to sign up you can uh, that's where all our episodes are hosted and you can get a lot of uh, cool perks with it
0: yeah we're working on revamping those perks to be even better than they were before i know we've said that for the last couple of weeks but schedules keep getting in the way to where we can't really finalize them just yet but we will be doing that soon and it will be awesome in the meantime be sure to go check out ipc podcast on facebook twitter and instagram be sure to listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, CastBox, and StarWarsUnderworld.com. But the best place to find us would be on our hosting site, ipcpodcast.podbean.com. Absolutely. Oh, man. Before we call it a night, I guess we still have that one other segment that we need to tend to, don't
1: we? we we'll we have to go all night unless we, we have to do it before we, we sign off. i can't get I'm, past it.
0: I'm fading, dude. I'm fading fast. we got to get this done, man. <laughs> let do it. Folks, if you're listening live, and I know a couple of you are, get out your hashtags and start putting them in the chat. If you're listening on all those different places I mentioned just a moment ago, iTunes, Google Play, CastBox, Star Wars Underworld.com, Podbean, then put it on those social media platforms I mentioned and start using it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, anything else that might carry a hashtag. 'Cause it's time, once again, for #BBQWatch. Barbecue, 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 ba ba
1: barbecue, barbecue it, barbecue barbecue sauce, barbecue sauce, barbecue, 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 barbecue. Watch.
0: Okay, uh, I've been racking my brain all evening trying to figure out what a proper barbecue topic would be, and I think I finally figured it out.
1: I'm glad you figured out something, because I'm I'm at a loss, too.
0: (laughs) Out of the different locations that we have seen over the span of the MCU, where would you most want to host a barbecue?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Because there's you know,
0: some pretty awesome locations. I mean, my first thought would be Wakanda, because I think they know how to throw a
1: party. Wakanda is just a fascinating place all itself, mm-hmm. like just fascinating. Um, just the fact that uh, all that great technology, like it's just freaking fantastic. Um, also, I'm thinking, what about what about in the quantum realm? What about a tiny barbecue? How would that how well that work? Like barbecuing
0: on a molecular level?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I really don't know. I mean, if your flesh can be compressed, I imagine the flesh of the animals you're consuming can be compressed with you, and the the friction and the energy that's being created at the molecular level would probably cause heat. So you might be able to cook it on the quantum level.
1: It'd be interesting because in uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, there is a portion of that movie where you see you're in the quantum realm, and you can there's a like a miniature city in the quantum realm, like this microscopic city. So I'm oh, like, oh, so
0: it's like the Ant Man version of Horton Hears a Who.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. So I don't know. Wonder what, what's what's life like in that little tiny, tiny micro city. I and would how did they have barbecue? Liked,
0: I would have liked to have seen you know, a, a barbecue type of festival happening on Asgard before it went up in smoke. But now yep. Asgard is the barbecue, apparently.
1: <laughs> apparently so. Yeah, Surtar throws a good barbecue.
0: That That's very true. I mean, he, he is the barbecue pit.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, I don't feel like I could have one in New York City I don't feel like I could have one in San Francisco because of California's burn bans.
1: Nah, they would, they would, they would drop all when those you know airplanes full of uh, water they drop one on you.
0: Just drop it on your party, yeah. Uh, then it would turn into a pool party, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and you would die. Uh, maybe so because the the water isn't exactly clean. It's just H two O. Uh jeez, I'm I'm looking at the different list of movies and what locations they have. I... Uh, I'm still kind of leaning towards Wakanda. I think out of everything, I think Wakanda that,
1: is the best choice.
0: I think out of everything I've seen, or what about one of the planets that we've seen in like the Guardians or, or Thor or something like that? Maybe, uh, maybe yeah. the Grand Master throws a really good barbecue.
1: Yeah, I feel like I feel like as long as you're not a slave on Sakaar, it's probably a pretty nice place. But yeah. like you have the <laughs> you have the what do they call them the the. the the Prisoners with Jobs. <laughs> Slough, you're not one of those. <laughs> oh, I need to go back and watch that movie. I love I those lines. It's great.
0: I love those lines so much. Yes, if I could throw a barbecue, I would want to throw it with Jeff Goldblum. Absolutely. Absolutely. That that would be it. I would want to throw it with, with Jeff Goldblum on Wakanda or in Wakanda. That's that's the ideal barbecue situation right there. <laughs> so I guess the good follow-up question was who would be the grill master at this barbecue? Um like out of the Avengers, who would who would actually tackle the idea of slow cooking this meat for a large group of people?
1: I feel like Captain America would be a good. Yeah, grill I was man. thinking that. I feel like he I feel like he on the side, he's he can probably grill a good steak, I think. I think he could do it or some ribs. I think Hawkeye would be a good choice. You're right. He's a f- farming guy. Of he's, course, he's, he's,
0: he's kind of a he's kind of a country boy a little bit with his family out there. He's probably throwing a few things on the grill a time or two during his stay in solitude out there.
1: Heck yeah, heck yeah. And,
0: oh, then, and man. then
1: Tony's the diva. He he doesn't know how to cook.
0: He'd be the DJ or something, or <laughs> he, or he would or he would pay for the dessert or something like that. <laughs> I could it. I could I could totally see something like that happening. See, now I'm picturing an Avengers themed barbecue and I kind of want to attend it now. I, that that sounds amazing. Need to have that happen. It would be really fun. Uh and this episode has been a lot of fun. It it's has been, been amazing. It's been really long, but we were up to the challenge and it took us almost 3 hours, but we did it. <laughs> It's been a while since we've had a 3-hour episode and I doubt it's going to be the last time.
1: Nope, not definitely not the last time.
0: Let's let's be honest, I think our end game discussion is going to end up being about as long as the movie
1: runtime is. And we'll probably have at least twice as many people on as we do now. Oh, yeah,
0: at least. I mean, I I think Endgame Pod is just going to be a giant roundtable of hearing everybody else's thoughts, and then we'll have, like, another episode that's just our thoughts. I think that's the only way we can actually do it, where we delegate and get to discuss at the same time.
1: Yeah, at least two episodes. Yeah, Endgame Pod, I think, is something that Chris and Jeff are collaborating on because we were thinking about doing it, and then Jeff's like, hey, come on then. Like, did you just invite us to our own idea? Like, come on now.
0: Yeah, we were the ones that hosted Infinity Pod, and then I got this message that's like, oh, you guys are invited to Endgame Pod, and I'm like, excuse me. (laughs) Excuse you. I might just uninvite you for your lack of thoughtfulness there, Mr. Fluff.
1: Regardless of who's hosting it, I will do my best to get that audio file for you guys and have it up on our feed so you can listen to it on your own time and have it on iTunes for you guys.
0: I mean, as long as we're on it, we're going to be plugging IPC anyways. Heck yeah. So it's going to be partial collaboration one way or another. So yeah, that's that's definitely going to be here on Channel1138.com and we'll definitely have our own discussion of it uh, eventually. I'm probably going to want to see it at least three times. The first time will be just to experience it. The second time will be to, you know, anticipate the moments, and then the third time will be to, like, actually critique it.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking at least twice for me, too. Um, it's, yeah, you, you, gotta, you gotta, first time it's just shock and awe, second time is actually soaking in it. Yep,
0: it's, it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be crazy, and it's gonna be awesome, and uh, I'm very ready for it, and at the same time, very not ready for it. <laughs> so. Same, same. We will we will see just how emotionally stable we are after the conclusion of this event. But I think we also need to conclude this event. Ben, where can the folks at home find you on social media if they want to keep in touch with you outside of this podcast?
1: They can find me at Ben Hart with no e personally on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Yes, I tweet way too much, and I also post on Facebook a lot. And yes, I've been posting on Instagram. More often than I normally do because I've still got a ton of celebration pictures to share. So uh, go follow me there if you want to uh, see that. And then, uh, as previously mentioned, StarWarsInTheWorld.com and at the SWU. We're uh, constantly talking Star Wars, Star Wars news, rumors, all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, we did do five episodes in a row at Star Wars Celebration. Then we took Shoot. a week off. We took a week off last week. Um, it really wasn't planned that way but it's the way it happened but then uh, this week we will be back with another episode and uh, we'll be recapping Celebration talking about the trailers basically covering everything that we didn't cover during Celebration so it's gonna be a lot of fun
0: oh man there's just so much out there in the world and so little time but for me it is time to go to bed (laughs) it is time it is time it is time. To quote Rafiki, it is time. Oh, but it's been a lot of fun. And if you want to try and keep up with me and my crazy life, just find me on Twitter and Instagram at zaczac_dfw. underscore DFW. Working on a new project that hopefully will uh, turn out to be really productive and really good. Uh, but it's more sports related. So if you're not interested in sports, you might not be interested in this venture. But oh, well, it doesn't matter. Uh, looking forward to Endgame looking forward to talking about it right here on the IPC podcast right here on channel1138.com but for now I think it's time to call it a day or call it a night I don't even know anymore it's one in the morning who cares (laughs) episode 235 is now officially in the books for Ben Hart I'm Zach Arnold thank you for tuning in to this MCU recap discussion we hope that you'll tune in next week, but until that time comes, we wish you all the best spoiler free thoughts we can possibly send you, and I want to leave you with this closing thought. Where we are going always reflects where we came from. And we are going to see you next week right here on IPC. But until then, good night, everyone.